Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome to Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. It's 701. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carriker, and Michelle, welcome to Groundhog Day. You just get up every morning. The Cardinals have won again. It's kind of boring here. Says who? This is not boring for me, Randy. This is amazing. I haven't, I know last year the 17 game win streak was so fun. I was putting out. Tweets, hot, 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 Michael Scott. We were all having a great time. This is so much better to me, Randy, because that was a Cardinals team that was chasing Cardinals history. We're watching Albert Pujols chase baseball immortality, and we're watching it play out in real time. This is awesome. And it is cool to hear and to see nationally the attention being paid to Albert Pujols, which, by the way, I'm not sure would have happened if he were a member of the Angels because we in St. Louis follow it so much more intently and I think baseball nationally they know they know that even though the Cubs have the phrase it's different here it's different in St. Louis with him chasing a milestone than it ever was in Anaheim it's also a crown jewel franchise so they're automatically going to get more airtime than a team like the Angels but even with the national love that he's getting Randy I don't think it's enough I don't think he's getting enough love nationally from national networks and just the general sports fan with how close he is to being at the tippy top of baseball lore. But I I will say this. I think this all started with the adoration that he got from his peers at the All-Star game. Mm -hmm. I think once the rest of the sports world saw the way everyone else in baseball was revering Albert and showing him the adoration and respect that he deserves on a national level, that that's when everybody started paying a little bit more attention. And it seemed to have ignited him, too, a little bit. We'll have fun celebrating the Cardinals' victory this morning while we will have fun. They will not be having as much fun. The guys and gals at WFAN in New York <laughs> will enjoy their morning because, hey, they thrive on negativity up there. And negativity for them is a one-hitter, one-hit shutout for Jordan Montgomery for the Cardinals. I tweeted this last night, Randy. We get to take a different temperature check with the BFIB because mm-hmm. we see the text line, which is voices from all over our fair city and really nationally because mm-hmm. people stream us, but it's people that love the Cardinals. And there is just a faction of the BFIB that hates John Moselot. Mm-hmm. No matter what he does, they find a way to pick it apart and somehow be negative towards his actions. I think even the biggest John Moselot haters at this point have got to give him props for the Jordan Montgomery acquisition. He has been sensational for the Cardinals. He joins three other pitchers, Kenta Maeda, 
of the Dodgers, Fernando Valenzuela of the Dodgers, and the immortal George McQuillan of the 1907 Phillies, the only four pitchers since 1901 in the modern era in their first four games with a team to allow one or fewer runs. Pretty darn good. <laughs> He's 4-0 with a .35 ERA since he was acquired by the Cardinals. And how's, how's Harrison Bader? Let me check. The, hold on here. How's I, Harrison Bader oh, doing for the Randy, Yankees? Randy, I, yeah. don't think, I don't think he's playing it. I think he's injured. Oh, never mind. <laughs> so last night. And wait, no no disrespect. We like HB we love, on the show. Friend him. of the show. Friend yeah. of the show. But he's not playing right Hasn't now. Played he's not an productive. Inning. Hasn't played an inning. Yeah. Our guy pitches every fifth day. And well. <laughs> <laughs> he does. So last night, Wrigley Field, we get to the second inning, no score, and we're thinking, okay, here's number 693 for Albert. Albert hits it out to deep left field, and that'll be off the ivy. Bohan, just another single. <laughs> Albert Pujols. Is going to be close to hitting 400 now against lefties with over a 1,200 OPS. He came in at 388. Yeah, it, it's outrageous. And boy, he hits long singles. Yes, he does. Those those <laughs> singles make you pause for a second. You go, oh. And then you're like, oh, okay. Just, as Danny Max said, ho-hum, just a single. But he's, Randy, short of getting to 700 and winning the World Series, could he have scripted this any better? No. This is a Disney ending. This is a fairy tale ending that this man who had gone out west and not been the same version of himself decides to come back to St. Louis and he has found the fountain of youth. He has found something inside himself that maybe he believed that was still there, but I don't even think the biggest Albert supporter believed we would get this version of him. I don't think so. And this version includes what happened in the seventh inning. The 1-2, and Pujols hits it out to deep left, at the wall, gone, 693, 693 home runs, a historic home run, the 449th different pitcher he's hit a home run against, he's tied with Bonds, first all time, also his 30th career homer at Wrigley, 6-9, And Michelle, this is from our friend Sarah Langs at MLB. The pitch was 4.23 feet above the ground. The second highest pitch hit for a home run in MLB this season. The third highest since the start of last year. It was practically at his neck and he hit it out of the ballpark. Because he's hitting everything that's coming Mm -hmm. his way. He's the machine. He is. And Jordan Montgomery has turned into a machine. He goes into the ninth inning. He's allowed only one hit. Hasn't walked anybody. And pitch number 99 wound up giving him a Maddox. Ground ball right side. Albert Montgomery. Ball game. Cardinals win it. What a way to finish it with the two guys that start tonight. Albert to Montgomery. And a 1-0 complete game shutout for Montgomery. His first ever in the big leagues. Montgomery, those 99 pitches and the complete game shutout. The first Cardinal Maddox, which is a complete game shutout with less than 100 pitches since Adam Wainwright last Mm, August. Nice. Of course it would be Wayno. Randy, this is kind of like the the John Mosellock 
uh, victory lap day. Mm-hmm. Not only did he not go out and mortgage the Cardinals' future to acquire Juan Soto at the deadline, he went out and he addressed a need and brought in Jose Quintana and Jordan Montgomery, who have been sensational for the club. And he took a risk in bringing back Albert. You knew that you were going to buy, or people would buy tickets, and there would be butts in seats in order to show respect to number five in his final season. But it could have gone really badly. Oh, he, yeah. he could have showed up and and not been productive for the team. We we could have been cracking the mics on August 23rd and been like, why is Ali using him in spots? He He's not the same player that he once was. But Mo, once again, proved that they saw something in him and they thought that this was going to be worth the while. And, and it is. And, you know, I had said about Albert that I didn't want to see a lesser version of him, that he had been so dominant in his first 10 years that I just didn't want to remember him as the guy who had to take the the goodbye tour with the Cardinals. And I am sorry, Albert. You proved me wrong. My bad. Seriously, my bad. I should have had more faith in you because you have shown me throughout the entirety of your career that you defy every odd. I don't know how you do it, but you just do. He Didn't he say to somebody, this is how my story has to end? Mm-hmm. It's almost Lewis, as yeah. if he knew that he needed to come home and that this was on the horizon. It's yep. ridiculous. And Michelle, if you go back and look, I think we were all worried in May and June. In May, he hits 188 with a 661 OPS. In June, he hits 158 with a 425 OPS. But since the start of July, that month, a 944 OPS hitting three, uh, third, 320, and then this month, and we're on August 23rd now, so this is a relatively large sample size. This month, he's at 472 <laughs> with a 1.608 OPS. How? What? Yeah, what? seven homers, 14 RBIs. Ridiculous. And the question, were you looking for a certain pitch when you hit that ball neck high for the home run? <laughs> I just react on that fast, so I mean... I mean, you don't look for a pitch up and three feet or four feet off the plate, you know. I mean, it's just something that you react on and just put a good wood. Uh, I'm always being a good fastball hitter up, especially up. And, you know, just glad they went out of the ballpark and gave us the lead. Like a Vladimir Guerrero hit, the, not junior, senior. Vladimir Guerrero just swung at everything and hit a lot of them out of the ballpark, and that's what Albert did last night. Meanwhile, Pujols also got to play first base. Goldie was the DH last night, so Albert had that front, front row view of Jordan Montgomery. Pretty awesome. Um, Smiley threw the ball well too. I think uh, you know any other guy could have got come out with a win today. The way that they were both going at it. I mean, I'm just glad that. We got the wing on our side, but uh, pretty outstanding. You know, he kept the ball down, uh, keep guys off balance, and uh, just uh, an unbelievable performance by him. And with the one nothing victory, the Cardinals maintain a five-game lead over the Brewers. The Brewers, the first team this season to throw a shutout at Dodger Stadium. They beat L.A. last night by a score of 4 to nothing, and it wasn't just one guy. Eric Lauer started. By the way, Eric Lauer kind of sounded off about the the Brewers' front office, about the hater trade, Yikes. and then came back and produced, to his credit. But Lauer uh, followed by four relievers, and they allowed, the Brewers allowed eight hits in a shutout over the Doyers. I don't even really know what to say at this point, Randy, other than I'm having so much fun. And I'm just so thankful that we get to watch this happen. And success is contagious. Whether it's what's happening with Albert or Jordan Montgomery or Paul Goldschmidt or Nolan Arenado. You know, you're seeing Lars Nupar come Mm -hmm. into his own. It just seems like everybody on this team, well, not everybody, because we have seen some performances that we would maybe, maybe like to be better. But the majority of the team is really clicking at the same time, which is so awesome. They're, um, they're, they're a team that 
and you hear Dan and Brad talking about it, that there's something there in regards to the connectivity, mm-hmm. the making this trip with the cowboy outfits and everybody buying into that. There are just things that happen with winning teams. And I don't know if chemistry is a product of winning or if winning is a product of chemistry. But clearly this team has both going right now. That is a great question. The chicken or the egg? Does chem- Well, you know, you look, you watch the captain, mm-hmm. and Derek Jeter talks about how they had success with the Yankees, but there was a lot of tension in that clubhouse. I think there's some teams that can overcome a lack of chemistry in order mm-hmm. to win. But usually when there's really good team chemistry, success follows. Yeah. I'm going to go to Amazon here. Oh, okay. I'm going to order a chicken and an egg, and I'll tell you what happens. TBD. (laughs) And that's what we call in the biz a tease. (laughs) (laughs) That's Michelle Smallman. I'm Randy Carricker. It's great to have you with us on 101 ESPN. The Cardinals do play a doubleheader today. They've got a 12-15er at uh, Wrigley. Adam Wainwright will pitch for the Cardinals. And then tonight, it's going to be Jake Woodford going, uh, even though Matthew Libertor is on hand, with the ball club. We don't know if he'll be the 27th guy today. And also notable, by the way, that last night Ryan Helsley was there. The Cardinals took him off the paternity list, put him on the restricted list. Major League players have 72 players, 72 hours for the paternity list, and he didn't make it to Wrigley Field, so they took him off of the rest- the paternity list. The restricted list doesn't allow you to be paid, which tells me that they kind of expect you to be there if if they put you on the restricted list and and you aren't there. Hopefully there are no complications with uh, Ryan and Alex's new baby uh, that was born on my birthday. We suggested to her when we we were with them, hey, have it on the 19th, and and they did. But hopefully the baby's okay and mom is doing okay and uh, Ryan will be back with the ball club today, hopefully. You know that Ryan's new child is going to be a star, Randy, because he shares a birthday with you. And Woody Williams. Woody Williams, Woody all right. Williams is an August 19th nice, guy, too. Nice, yeah. nice. So, uh, that's Michelle. I'm Randy. Coming up, the Cardinals do have a five-game lead in the division. Would you rather have them run away this year, or would you rather be challenged by the Brewers in September? You can text us, 65780, what you'd like to see happen. We'll tell you what we'd like to see happen next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. But overall, the way the guys are competing, it's, uh, it's fun to watch. Let's not some of the defense, too. I mean, Eddie's play there, sliding grab in the grass, the pick on Albert's end, all of it. Uh, just playing really good baseball. That's the Cardinal skipper Ali Marmol, and his team is now 19 games over 500, 70 and 51, a five-game lead over the Brewers, and the Brewers playing at Los Angeles, while the Cardinals are playing at Chicago, a doubleheader today, and then single games tomorrow and Thursday. And Michelle, this begs the question, with a five-game lead, we've seen Cardinal teams with big leads at the end of the season that haven't been as sharp heading into the playoffs. So what would you rather see? Would you rather see the Cardinals be challenged down down the stretch, have this be a a three-game lead for the last couple of weeks of the season where you have to hold the Brewers off? Or would you rather just open this thing up and have a 10-game lead throughout the course of September? There is something to having that sense of urgency and maintaining that sharpness as you get into the playoffs. That, That feeling every morning when you wake up and check the standings and you're looking over your shoulder to see what the Brewers are doing. 
normally I would say that I, that I wouldn't mind that. But this year, I want them to run, baby, run. Run away with the division for several reasons. Number one, I see that the vibe of this team uh, is is going really well on this winning streak. They have this confidence about them that I think will, will play well in the postseason. But the further they distance themselves from the Brewers and the standings, the more opportunities Albert Pujols is going to get to chase 700. And that clearly is having an impact on the team as well. Not only because he's helping you win baseball games like he did last night, but clearly the team is along for the ride and they're really enjoying it too. So I think that, and think about it, Randy, what if he gets to 700 before the postseason? Well, hopefully like a week or two before you get to the postseason. And that, that part of this is then put to bed and you can just focus on the playoffs because that's one thing too that I would like to see happen in an earlier fashion is that he gets to 700 sooner rather than later because I I would just like for them to get into playoff mode and not history mode as we're getting towards the playoffs. I do like the idea of the Cardinals being as sharp as they can when the playoffs start but I don't want Adam Wainwright or Miles Michaelis or Jordan Montgomery, they have to pitch in the final weekend of the season. So I have fallen into the camp as well of running away with this because this year is going to be so much different. You're going to end the season on October 5th, October 7th, 8th, and 9th. Unless you pass the Mets, you're going to be playing. You don't get any days off in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Then after the 9th, you get a day off before you start the National League uh, Division Series. So the Wild Card Series would be three days in a row, one day off before you start the division series. And that's the 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th. So you get one day off there before you go to the LCS. The Cardinals are in a position, pretty much everybody's in a position, where they have to be able, I think, to set their pitching up for those, not only the the first series, the wild card series that they're going to have to play in, but the second series. And they're going to need five starters because of the fact that you have no days off. Hoping like heck that Jack Flaherty is getting... Four or five starts in. That'd be so, great. Yeah, it's not going to be... 24 no, starts, 16 and 4, no, 2.73 so. ERA for but, those keeping score. That's yeah. what Randy thought Jack Flaherty would do this year. Give me four. Have the fourth one mm-hmm. be six and two-thirds where he allows two runs and strikes out nine and have him ready to pitch... Uh, Let's be realistic. He's going to p- pitch one of the first three games. If he does that, he's going to pitch one of the first three games of the playoffs. Yeah, the further they separate themselves from the Brewers, the more in control they are and the more that they can set this up to their advantage in so many ways. And you're going to need that. You're going to need to be rested and you're going to need to have your team positioned in the best possible way for you to make a deep run in the playoffs. They're going to be facing some really good teams Mm -hmm. with some really good pitching. And the more that they get a comfortable lead over the Brewers, the better off that they're going to be, in my opinion. And by the way, before we get to some texts, One of the complaints that people have had about the Cardinals in the past, specifically 2019, is that they couldn't hit good pitching. And ordinarily, good pitchers are good because hitters can't hit them. But (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah. One thing, though, about having guys like Arenado and Goldschmidt, they aren't going to kill Scherzer and DeGrom or Urias and, uh, well, they might get Kershaw because they have in the past. But for the most part, those really, really good pitchers, you aren't going to kill them, but at least you have a chance against them. I don't think that those play pitchers, DeGrom might, but I don't think they'll completely dominate this Cardinal lineup. I hope that that's the case, mm-hmm. but that's a long way off. And by the way, one of the text points out, yeah, I want to keep rolling here and I want to run away with this to catch the Mets, Yeah, which isn't out of the realm of possibility. It's unlikely, but hey, so was winning in 
coming back in 2011, right? Ten and a half games back. Yeah. And so. this team seems to have that mojo about them. It's not necessarily devil magic, but it's something. By the way, and we're going to talk about devil magic later on, is the devil magic guy Albert? Okay. I kind of I kind of dipped my toe into this conversation yesterday because the devil magic guy is the guy that you did not expect to do what he's doing. And normally it's somebody like like Lars Newbar mm-hmm. is the perfect devil magic guy. He's got every component to make up a Cardinals postseason devil magic guy because most of Major League Baseball would not know who he was, and he has the name Lars mm-hmm. Newbar. Yeah. And he's got the tongue out, and he's just a fun guy. So, of course, can't you just see Dodgers fans being like, Lars Newbar is mm-hmm. the guy that beat us? Of course, it's a Lars Newbar. But Albert was not supposed to be this version of himself. Yes, he is perhaps the best right-handed hitter in baseball history, and he's on the Mount Rushmore of Cardinal legends and about to be on the Mount Rushmore of hitters in baseball. But So I don't know if he qualifies as a Devil Magic guy, but he certainly is outperforming expectations. He's unbelievable. And don't, don't you see... Mets fans or Braves fans, whoever the Cardinals are playing at the time, saying that is so Cardinals that Albert Pujols Mm -hmm. could come back to St. Louis in his final season and not only chase 700 and get it, but be the reason that they're winning baseball games. It's just very Cardinals. Albert Pujols is not qualified for the batting title right now or any of the batting leadership. However, if he were, and he's got a lot of at-bats, there are only 10 qualified hitters that have a higher OPS overall, not just against left-handers, in all of baseball than Albert Pujols. It's Aaron Judge, it's Goldie, it's Alvarez, it's Arenado, Freeman, Riley, it's Rafael Devers, it's Manny Machado, Juan Soto, and Jose Ramirez. After that, uh, he's got a higher OPS than Mookie Betts and Shohei Otani, Andres Jimenez and Pete Alonso, Jose Altuve, Jose Abreu, Vlad Jr. High PS, higher OPS for Albert than all of those guys. And that's against everybody, not just left-handed pitching. Devil magic? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> all right. Do you want some text? Yeah, let's get to them. Okay, from the 314, I couldn't care less about being challenged by the Brewers. I want to leave them in the dust and be challenged by the Dodgers, Mets, Phillies, and Braves. Yeah, I kind of... Uh, I do like the idea of just crushing Milwaukee. And it's interesting to talk to people that get a chance to talk to Craig Council on a regular basis. And unprompted, they'll people will say, if you don't know how smart Craig Council is, just ask him. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll certainly know. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's awesome. From the 618, this is from Brian in Illinois. I'd rather see the Cardinals run away with the lead. That means they're consistently winning way more than losing and can rest some key players and get experience for others that might need it, like Jack Flaherty. Yeah, and the thing is, if you don't run away with this team, this race, that means that you aren't, at some point, beating teams that you should be way better than. Because the Cardinals, after this coming weekend against Atlanta, the schedule is pretty darn easy. So... They should be winning these games on a regular basis. Absolutely. From the 618, regardless of what the Brewers do, we want the Cardinals to win as many games as possible. The Mets are seven and a half games in front of the Cardinals for the second best division winner record in the National League. Let's avoid the wild card round altogether. That would be really great if they could do that. And that way they you still have to use at least four, but you wouldn't have to go to the fifth starting pitcher. And we all have fair concerns because we haven't seen... A great Jack Flaherty since Memorial Day of 2021. Yeah. 
you don't, all due respect to Dakota Hudson, you don't want to start Dakota Hudson in a playoff game. I don't. I guess today, hopefully, Woodford will be good enough to steal that job. Yeah, I don't want, no disrespect to Dakota Hudson, but. Swell guy. As our amazing friend, the late, great Chris Duncan said, I think all of us would have a bit of the tight cheeks yeah. if Dakota Hudson got, got the call <laughs> I think we would. for the playoffs. Yep. Uh, one more, Randy, from the 217. I want them to keep it close. This feels like it has 2011 vibes. You have the veteran players and then the Memphis Mafia. The thing was, you never had the big lead in the second half of the season in 2011. If you have it now, and I consider if you go into September with a five-game lead, you're in really, really good shape. It's hard to blow a five-game lead in September. Because they have it and because of the different playoff format, I, I don't disagree with that. I, in that certain in that particular scenario, we were just happy to make the playoffs mm-hmm. and thought, okay, well, make the playoffs and take your chances because of the way they were playing in September. And it did keep you sharper. But because of the fact that you have to win that first series to play a team that's coming off of a bye, I don't want to, again, go back to the Hudson factor. You don't want to have to be in a situation where you have to win a game on Sunday where you pitch Wayno, which forces you in the third game of a playoff or or the fourth game to pitch Dakota Hudson. Yeah, you don't want that. And even if you're not worried about the Brewers and the race to win the division, you're still worried about the Mets. You're, it's just that the, the yeah. goalpost has moved, so the sense of urgency doesn't go away. It's just a different opponent that you're trying to chase. Yeah, right. It, but it's fun. It's, it, it'll be fun to chase them down. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. I'm saying if you're the yeah. Cardinals, you're still no. waking up and checking the standings exactly, every morning. And that's what's keeping you sharp, right? Yeah, you're, the sharpness is not getting yeah. dulled because you're beating the Brewers by a healthy margin. Yeah. You're still chasing another team in order to put yourself in a better position to win. Yep. And to reiterate, and you, you can find this on your phone, but I just want to point this out to you. After this weekend against the Braves at home, you go to Cincy for three. Then the Cardinals are home against the Cubs for three, home against the Nationals for four. At Pittsburgh, they get the Brewers here for two, and then at Cincinnati, or Cincinnati is here for five on September 15th through 18th. And then you go to San Diego, go to L.A. before wrapping up with two at the Brewers, three against the Pirates here, and three at Pittsburgh. So really the only difficult games for the Cardinals at the moment would appear to be the games at San Diego and at L.A. But hopefully by the time they get to that point in September, they won't have to worry about it. That's our segment here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, (laughs) our friend Stan McNeil has a masterpiece out, the Cardinals yearbook honoring Adam Wainwright. And Stan, I'm sure, will have some takes on what's happening with Albert and more next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Cardinals and Cubs play a doubleheader today and tonight at Wrigley Field, as Matthew Rocchio told you. And we'll get an opportunity as Cardinal fans to witness the co-National League Players of the Week in Paul Goldschmidt and Albert Pujols. They are incredible. And Adam Wainwright, the feature of this year's Cardinal yearbook, will start Game 1 for the Redbirds this afternoon. The editor of that uh, fine yearbook is Stan McNeil from uh, the Cardinal Magazine. He joins us every other week here on 101 ESPN. It's always fun to talk to Stan. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? 
How are you, Randy? I'm good. This is fun, and man, we've been covering this for a long time, and it's amazing how the Cardinals, and you're there in the office, and you get to witness the the big picture view of the Cardinals, and it seems like ever since Tony Larusa and Bill DeWitt got here, the Cardinals have dealt with a big picture view of a season. And there are a lot of complaints that we get. I'm sure you hear and see them through the first three months of the season to the all-star break or the trade deadline. Then all of a sudden the Cardinals have something figured out in August and September. Yeah. It's kind of funny when you get, uh, what are we about uh, three weeks past the, the trade deadline now? And, uh, the Padres made the big splash, but uh, they're kind of struggling a little bit. You know, the Brewers traded their closer. They're kind of paying for that. And the, the Cardinals make a couple of incremental moves and look at them go. You know, I mean, things are really rolling right now. Well, Stan, I know that Albert Pujols was on the cover of the Cardinals magazine back in May, but something tells me that you guys might be working on another big feature for him. Man, has this been fun or what? You know, uh, we've been talking about 700 home runs. I mean, is he going to get there before September the way he's going now, you know? And uh, not only that, but the other night when he got caught stealing second base, you know, I know he got caught, but man, he looked pretty good trying to, you know, run him from first to second. So uh, he definitely looks like he's turned back the the clock a little bit here since uh, just since the season started even. Yes, Stan, you've covered the Cardinals for a long time, been around the organization for a long time. When When's the last time you can remember seeing Albert this locked in? I mean, may, maybe 2011, but it, it just seems like he is in peak form is what I'm getting at. No doubt. I mean, yeah, you, you almost have to, like, forget that he's 42 years old right now. I mean, he's just going up there as, a you know, one of the best hitters in the game or one of the hottest hitters in the game right now. So, uh but, it, you know, in terms of what it was like, it, it almost feels like he wasn't always this locked in. But for those 11 years, you could almost count on him being like this for at least a good chunk of every season. Stan McNeil of the Cardinal Magazine and the Cardinal Yearbook with us on 101 ESPN. And Stan, one of the things that I think might go overlooked with the success that Albert has enjoyed over the last three, four weeks is that, a guy like Paul Goldschmidt, who doesn't really love dealing with the media, doesn't have to. He can stay as hot as he is, but people are talking to Albert, people are talking to Wayno, people are talking to other guys, and Goldie just kind of gets to go in and do his thing. Yeah, the MVP's going, you know, overlooked here <laughs> lately. I mean, and especially with, uh, you know, the way uh, Nolan Arnato is playing. I mean, those guys are teaming up for uh, highlight plays uh, every, every game. So, yeah, Goldie... You know Goldie's having a great time, as you say, being able to just go out there and play and uh, not have to deal with a lot of the the noise, as you might say. Stan, I I think a lot of attention has been paid to the veteran guys on this team, whether it's Albert, Yachty, Wayno, Arenado, Goldie. But as you've covered the Cardinals, who's a young personality that's that's really stood out to you? Oh, that's that's an easy one. And it's actually a a nice lead into a question. I'm not going to give you my answer yet, but I'm going to give you my question. And this Going into yesterday, yesterday, last night's game, who on the Cardinals had the highest average exit velocity this season? Hmm. My guess? It was so close, it changed last night. So oh, that wow. gives you a hint. But uh, okay, the, yeah. the leader going into yesterday, pretty interesting. Was it Lars? It was Lars. Wow. Absolutely. Great call. You know, yeah, and Lars, uh, I did a story on Lars, wrote about Lars last summer, and I could tell then that this kid 
He's a, he's special. I mean, he grew up in uh, a little part of L.A. called El Segundo, a little community right by LAX, a very, very tight-knit community. It was like the same group of kids from the fifth grade through high school. They always went to the beach, always played every sport together. And Lars was kind of the ringleader of this group, you know, the best and the most popular. And uh, high school, he was a star quarterback. You know, he, he almost went to USC to play football, to be the quarterback there until Sam Darno uh, accepted a scholarship there. So uh, Lars, uh, great athlete, great personality. Just, I mean, you can, you can see it in the dugout, you know, with, uh, with the pepper milling going. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that the team is playing so well as Lars has kind of taken off himself. Hey, Stan, as you read the tea leaves, and I want to get to the feature of the Cardinal Yearbook this year, celebrating Adam Wainwright. What do you think he'll do? Do you think he'll be back for another season? My guess is, and this is just, you know, nothing Adam has said, but I, my guess is absolutely he'll be back. How could he not come back for another season the way he's, uh, the way he's looked this year? You know, and I know that uh, when he consider what another factor that will go into his, his decision is the money that he will make next year. He, he looks at that as being able to help you know, help the world, help save the world through, uh, through big league impact. I think that will be a, a very serious consideration as well as, you know, just the fact that he's still one of the best pitchers in the National League. And if people want to get this beautiful Cardinal yearbook, how can they get it? The best way is to uh, go online, cardinals.com slash yearbook. And we also have our new issue coming out. We'll be at the ballpark this weekend with uh, Ryan Helsley, all-star closer on the cover. All right. We're looking forward to that. Stan, always great to have you with us. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Have a great day, and we'll see you around the ballpark when the Cardinals get home. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Take care. Stan McNeil, Cardinal Magazine, Cardinal Yearbook here on 101 ESPN. Next up, get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Randy and Michelle will bring you Take It or Leave It next. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Take it or leave it. Give us your feedback now by texting 65780. It's Take It or Leave It with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Powered by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. Smallman on 101 ESPN. Take it or leave it is coming your way. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Before we get to Teoli, Michelle has an event coming up tonight that she is going to be at. We want you to know about it. Yes, there is an amazing event that's going on tonight at Wild Carrot in Tower Grove. It starts at 6 p.m. It's called Freshly Picked and it is a sustainable shopping event, Randy, where there's going to be a mix of amazing vendors, luxury vendors, and local fashion influencers who are selling their closets. And it's a great way for women to meet one another, have a, have a little sustainable shopping moment, and support a great cause. Because if you show up and there's tickets available at the door, or you can go to my Instagram at msmallman, there's a link for the tickets there as well. Um, the ticket fee and a huge portion of the proceeds is going towards Lydia Lydia's house, which supports victims of domestic violence. So it's, if you're looking for something to do on a Tuesday night, pop down to Wild Carrot and hang out with us. Love that idea. And I'm glad you're doing it. Thank you. All right, uh, Michelle, we have uh, some news about Larsa Pippen. Oh, no, Randy. Here we my, go. My favorite. Okay, tell uh, me, and, tell and me. And I, I, miss, I miss hearing about Larsa, 
who, by the way, was born in 1974. So she just turned 48 years old. Okay. <laughs> okay. The glee in your eyes anytime that you talk about Larsa. I, I love me some Larsa. <laughs> you love me some Larsa. Larsa, quote. I feel like I'm kind of mentally in a place of like, I was married to a really famous guy that was really cute, that had a good body, that was really successful, <laughs> that gave me four gorgeous kids. So where the hell are you going to find a guy that you can call like fill in? It doesn't have to be all those, but like a few of those boxes, it's kind of hard. I thought it was going to be easier to be honest with you. Once I started dating, I'm like, I'm going to have to come to the realization that I'm not going to get it all. I had a great run. Take it or leave it. Larsa will make a comeback. I'm going to leave it. She had Malik Beasley. She is suggesting that Scottie Pippins don't grow on trees. That's what she's at, especially for women at the age of 48. Well, I just think in period. Yeah, period. That's true. They don't. Not many women are going to be able Mm. to marry someone that has all of the things that she described. And by the way, really successful, really cute, really good body that gave me four gorgeous kids. Really successful, really cute, amazing body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not many women are snagging dudes that check those boxes. I'm just saying. Not many dudes check those boxes. Right. There so, are guys out there that check the boxes, but usually they get snapped up pretty quick. So you're saying that the comeback is not in the offing for Larsa at the age of 48. I think this is a rare bout of self-awareness for our girl. <laughs> Poor thing. I just feel for her. You know, she's had a rough... Well, actually, she said she had a good, great run. Yeah, I don't feel badly for, for her. Yeah. She said she had a great run. So if she feels like she has a great run, good for her. She has four healthy kids and was very happy in a marriage. Well, seemingly happy based on those comments for a long time. And that's more than some people could say. Go eat some ho-hos. Why? Because if she had a great run and it's over, why not have something that you like? Just And maybe snack? something that was a, a, a food that was named after you? That's not cool, Randy. We're not going to shame anybody on this show. I'm not shaming anybody. No. Yeah, we don't. Eat, let's not do that. Yeah, that's not cool. Um, so Mets Yankees last night Subway Series. The Yankees ended up winning four to two, but that's not what anybody's talking about today. At least if you're on the internet. So this video made the rounds. I think John Boy might have had it first, and there was a man. In the stands, he was wearing a plaid Yankee hat, and he ordered a hot dog and a beer. He takes the hot dog out of the bun. He takes the straw, and he pokes a hole in the hot dog on both ends. And you're thinking, what is this guy doing? Is he going to make some sort of a skewer here? What's happening? He actually used his hot dog as a straw for his beer. That's right. He was drinking beer through a hot dog. People online are calling it the glizzy straw. Take it or leave it. This was innovation, not disgusting. I'm going to leave that, Michelle. This was disgusting. Who hurt you, mister? What happened to you? Who does that? No, you just cannot have this happening in the United States of America. It's not something that is acceptable. Just eat the hot dog, man. Yeah. Yeah. Drinking beer through your hot dog straw, doing so publicly is rather disgusting. And I just don't want to see it and I don't want to hear about it. I don't either. But this is where we are in America. We have Joey Chestnut being a legend with the the hot dog eating contest. This is what gets people going these days. How did he think of that, you think? How I wonder what happened to cause him to decide to put a hole in his hot dog and use it as a straw to drink beer. Clearly he knew what he was doing. This was not the first time no. that our guy had done this. No, it was kind of gross.
All right, uh, Matthew, what do you got? Take it or leave it. The cards stay hot, and they pass the NL East division leader to get the bye. I'm going to leave it. Seven and a half games, yeah. right? Right. right now, you also have yeah. the Braves, and those two obviously will be knocking each other off, hopefully, in yeah. the last month of the season. But I just don't see that happening. I don't see both of those teams collapsing to the point where the Cardinals can pass them. I'd love to see it, but I just don't see it happening. Take it or leave it. If Pools is at 698 or 699 heading into the three-game series in Pittsburgh, will they be selling standing room-only ticks for oh, those games? Yeah. Oh, you have to take it. Yeah, Cardinal fans will take over PNC Ballpark. Did you hear that call last night, the final call from Danny Mack? It sounded like the game was at Bush Stadium. It did, yeah. Cardinals fans yep. are traveling. And they they always do, especially to Chicago, but there's more at stake right now. And they did it in Phoenix over the weekend, Yes, too. they did. Take it or leave it. Jordan Montgomery is the best deadline pickup since Matt Holiday. Ooh, Ooh, this is a good one. That's it. That is a good one. When did Matt Holland get it? Oh nine. Well, I mean, it's not one singular person, but the the moves made in 2011 won right, the World the Series. One trade, yeah. That it, it was Colby Rasmus for right, and you wound up getting Dotel and uh, Scrabble, yeah, and Edwin Jackson, who was started a game for you in the World Series. So, uh, I, I would go with that. For a singular guy, I would say that best since Holiday. But as a trade, I would say no. Mm-hmm. I, I would go with your idea of the, the World Series team. Take it or leave it. The Cards will catch the Mets in having the second best record. Again, I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave it too. I think they'll get close though. I hope so. And the Mets, they, they have a tough schedule. Every every team in the East has a tough schedule, but Bryce Harper's coming back, so that'll make the Phillies more formidable. We know what the Braves are, so there's certainly that possibility that the Cardinals could catch the Mets, but if they do, then do they catch the Braves? Mm. Take it or leave it. You trade Jack Flaherty for prospects in the offseason. I'm going to leave it. I, I think Jack Flaherty will be more valuable to the Cardinals than any other team, and I don't think that you get the prospects that are that have the upside that Jack Flaherty has if you deal him for the, his last really highly motivated year before free agency. What if he becomes dominant down the stretch and into the postseason? Then you Tw- have to have him next 20, year. 2019 second half, Jack Flaherty. Yeah, you'd want to keep him. Yeah. But I'd also be worried about injuries. There is something yeah. about selling high. Yeah, there is. But how would you feel if he went somewhere and won 22 games with a... Or what if he made, like, what, 24 starts with a 16-4 and record and a 2.73? What if he would do that? It could happen. People have predicted it before. (laughs) Unbelievable. Take it or leave it. The guy was being environmentally conscious. He still wanted to use a straw, but he didn't want to use one of those dumb paper ones. I will take that. Our man was just thinking of the turtles. Think of the turtles, yeah. He was saving the ocean. One less straw in our oceans. I don't know. Well, there. okay. There are worse things in the world than a paper straw. But I don't know that there's anything that you would buy that's worse than a paper straw. What do you mean? Because it disintegrates and you don't like it? Uh, yeah, and it disintegrates before I'm done using it. It's just, <laughs> the, I don't like the texture. I don't I don't like anything about a paper straw. It does get mushy. Yeah, so plastic is where I'm at. Sorry, sorry, and I would like, I don't even know if I can. I think I might throw them in the recycling, but I don't know if I should. So I have straws that I keep in my bag with me. A wooden straw. Oh, nice. I have a glass one too, but that's for home because I'm afraid I'll break it in my bag. But I keep one in my car. 
Um, a lot of places too now. If you go to Starbucks or wherever, they make those those lids where you don't need a straw. Yeah, right. Yep. It's a it's a drinkable cup, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, but I got to tell you, Randy, I do my part. I I recycle, as you know. I try to be very environmentally conscious. Part of the reason that I'm thrilled to be hosting this event tonight because fast fashion is one of the the biggest things that's damaging our environment. But then I think about all the time and energy that I spend trying to do something environmentally conscious. And then I see that Taylor Swift is taking all of these like 14 minute private jet flights all across America and Kylie Jenner is taking all of these. And I'm like, what am I? You know what I mean? Like, why am I the one that's concerned about all this? Well, we have people who don't care at all. Right. And I, I localize it every week. Today, the character recycling bin is out and it's full. Every week, our recycling bin is full. Yeah. So I feel like if I'm filling up my, up my recycling bin every week, and I'm like you, I take our recycling down to the big bin here at 101 ESPN. I feel like if I do that, I can use a plastic straw, straw every now and then. That's I can do a little bit to the environment. Just do your best, you know? Yeah, do that's it. Do, do your, your best. best. No doubt about it. Do you just do your best. There you go. Take it or leave it. The Blues lose Vladdy for nothing in free agency next summer. I'm going to take that. Yeah, it seems like it. It seems like that's where it's trending. And who would have thought that after all of the conversations that we had about this Mm. situation? Who would have thought that he would be here this upcoming season and that would be the way that this thing ends? I would have never dreamed that the the Blues would see fit to have him on their roster to start 22-23. But I guess it says a lot for what he was able to accomplish last season and probably what his market was when Doug Armstrong made the calls and said, hey, you interested in Vladdy? At the beginning of last season, when we were hearing all the rumors that he wanted out and he would essentially go almost anywhere because he wanted out of St. Louis so badly. What if I told you in that moment, Randy, (laughs) that not only would Vladimir Tarasenko be a member of the 2022 St. Louis Blues, that David Perron would not? I would have said, no way. Michelle, last year, this time, August I was seeing Vladimir Tarasenko sweaters half price. Wow. In St. Louis. What a steal he that was, was he now. Was, he was gone. Yeah. He was done here. Yeah. And resurrected. One of the saddest things I think I ever saw one time was I was in a, I was in a store in the mall and I just saw Sam Bradford jerseys basically being yeah. given away. They were slashed yeah. so far. Two ninety nine. Oh, they were so low. Yeah. And I just I remember the joy we felt when he was drafted and I was like my, how far we've oh, come. Oh, man. I had one. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I, I got it from one of those places in China for 18 bucks, so I didn't spend the 200 Did it fall apart? No, it was actually fine nice. until I gave it away with all my other Ram stuff. So two quick Jersey stories. Number one, when the Blues got Wayne Gretzky for his 18 regular season games, there was a, a guy in the city named Gus. Gus Torregrossa owned Gus's Fashion, sold all kinds of sporting goods. He ordered 10,000 Gretzky jerseys right at the end of the season that he spent here. And then he leaves for the Rangers in free agency. So Gus is stuck with 10,000 Gretzky jerseys. Man, it was brutal. And and real quick, not only do you, yes, he's the greatest of all time, but you're not buying that regardless of of where he is. And you're kind of mad at him at that point too. Totally, great point. So that was was tough. Then another one, you remember the uh, late, not late, but the lamented Jason Seahorn experience with the Rams? So, and by the way, you know, Angie Harmon was coming to our games. So that was cool. Well, yeah, barely is exactly right. So he's here in 2003. 
And he is the guy that kind of fell down when Steve Smith scored the double overtime touchdown for Carolina in 2003 in the playoffs, knocked the Rams out. And so I found a 499 number 42 Jason Seahorn jersey. And what I did was I took a tennis shoe and I dipped it. I stepped on some wet black paint and then I stepped on the back of the jersey, the 42 jersey that I had. And then I put a fake Steve Smith autograph on it. Because Steve Smith literally stepped on Jason Seahorn's back on his way to the touchdown. And then you wore the jersey? And then I wore it to a game the next year. Did people laugh? Yeah, they did. They got it. I appreciate the effort and the creativity. It was only five bucks. Yeah. But most people wouldn't even think to do that. No. Look at you. Boy, was he. Here's a guy. Okay, I know we got to get going because we got to fun segment coming up but <laughs> you can hold off on our on our embarrassments as this, long as you want this is a guy that in 2000 the rams played at new york against the giants and mike martz comes back in his monday press conference after the rams just shredded trent green shredded the giants and mike martz who back by the way welcome back to st louis mike yes great to have you here is saying yeah we were going to throw it all over seahorn all day we we had no problem throwing it all over seahorn for whatever reason, he had it in for Seahorn, but then he winds up as a member of the team in 2004. Yeah, if you don't, if you are targeting him because you think he's that vulnerable that you can expose him and take advantage of it, why is he here? And then he got exposed because he was vulnerable. Touchdown, Carolina. <sighs> knocked out of our last playoff game our, here in St. Louis. Last playoff game here in St. Louis. I don't ever. know if there's any franchise that has had the highest of highs with the greatest show on turf and the lowest of lows in the rest of the Rams experience. There can't be because that was the highest that anybody's ever been. Yes, exactly. That was the best offense ever. The peak was so high. Yep. And And the low was 15 and 65, tied for the worst five-year stretch of football in NFL history. It literally was the peak in the pit. Yeah. We were excited about the the guy who... uh, he actually did some shows here. The one he got arrested for assault. Uh, the, the number thirty that you had he said yikes when the Rams drafted Todd Gurley. Uh, he tweeted it. The, oh, the running back, Zach Stacy. Zach Stacy. Yeah, and we had, we were cheering for Zach Stacy. We cheered for a lot of random uh, guys. Uh, yeah, we sure did. <laughs> uh, there were some guys on that team. Oh, thanks very much for your texts. We do appreciate them. Hey. Uh, Earlier in the season, two times actually, we have made cardinal predictions. So how do we do with those predictions? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. A fresh perspective on the day's biggest stories. It's Character and Smallman's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. It pays to shop at Schnucks. Download the Schnucks Rewards app today. 808 in St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. At the start of the season and at the midway point, Michelle and I both made predictions about your 2022 St. Louis Cardinals. Some of our predictions reasonably accurate. Some of our other predictions were... Um, not great. And so yesterday, MLB.com ran a piece about the things they got wrong about every major league team in 2022. One thing we got wrong about every team. And for the Cardinals, it was Albert Pujols' return to the Cardinals was all based around nostalgia, which obviously is not accurate. And MLB got that one wrong. So we thought we would go back and look at our predictions for this season and see what we got right and what we got wrong. And Michelle, we got a lot wrong. 
Indeed, we did. Some right, though, especially in our second half predictions. But at the the outset, Randy, not great. I felt good about my Cardinal MVP at the beginning of the season and the midway point. And I think not only for the Cardinals, but for the league, right? Yeah, I would agree. Go ahead, Randy. It's Goldie. You did a good job. Paul Goldschmidt was the obvious pick. Um, I picked Goldie. And to start the second half, I said he was going to be the second half MVP. Good pick there for the second half. What'd you do for the first half, Michelle? Yeah, I thought it would be Tyler O'Neill, Randy. Coming off the the second half of the year that he had prior, I just thought Tyler O'Neill was going to be the guy. I thought he was primed for an MVP type season. Um, not great. No, not, not too great. No, that's kind of a, a scuffle. Now, pitcher other than Wayno to win the Cardinals Cy Young, Michelle. At the beginning of the season, you picked. I picked Dakota Hudson. Okay, not great, but you, you made a comeback in the second half. Congratulations. This might be my best pick that I had in any of the picks that we had. I said the second half MVP, or excuse me, other than Wayno, was going to be TBD, our old friend TBD. I said John Moselec was going to go out at the deadline and acquire a pitcher that we didn't know who it was at the time that was going to be the catalyst for the Cardinals rotation in the second half. Jordan Montgomery... Thanks for making me look smart. John Mozeliak, thank you for making me look smart. My start of the season Cardinals Cy Young winner, other than Adam Wainwright, was, and this pick was? Um, not great. I picked Jack Flaherty. Specifically, 24 starts, 16-4, and 2.73 ERA. I wrote it on the board. I will not erase it. <laughs> Come on, erase it. I refuse to erase it. <laughs> okay, now, that being said, my pick in the second half, was Miles Michaelis, who, by the way, uh, since the All-Star break, has an earned run average of 5.84. So I'm not looking great for either of mine with the, with the pitching. All right, Twitter targets. These are people that the Twitterverse were going to attack throughout the course of the season. Michelle, mine at the beginning of the season and at the midway point was Harrison Bader. And it, that was natural because he's got the hair, right? Yes. He's actually not a target anymore because he's not even playing or for the Cardinals. So you're wrong? I'm wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I am wrong. But prior to him getting moved, I don't think you were wrong. No, I don't think so. People were frustrated by the injury. Yes, exactly. I picked Bader in the second half as well, but my Twitter target to start the season, I was also wrong. It was Tommy Edmond. I don't know why, but I just thought that that people were going to expect more from him. But he's been awesome. He's been fantastic, and yeah, that's uh, that's a guy that is not a target at the moment of the Twitterverse. Okay, my bad, somebody who we expected to not be as great as they wound up being. Uh, you have nailed this one. I thought the My Bad Award should go to Adam Wainwright, because I thought at the beginning of the season that a lot of people would still be honing in on his age, and that every time... Adam had a great outing that we would say, yeah, but when is it all going to fall apart? He is going to be 41. And we we do, at the beginning of the season, tend to throw that qualifier on Wayno, regardless of what he did last year, regardless of how sharp he looked in spring training is, well, how much longer are you going to get this version of Adam Wainwright? My bad. We should have never, ever, ever suggested that. And we all, with reasonable uh, doubt, had... Miles Michaelis on that list, too. We thought, ah, he, he's coming off the injury. He won't be that great. It's been a long time. But Miles is 10-9 and nine with a 3.32. He's taken the ball. He's given the Cardinals 157 innings. So I'm going to 
say that I was okay with my Miles Michaelis, my bad pick. And then Devil Magic. Devil Magic, at the start of the season, Michelle Smallman nailed this one. Large Snoop Bar. There's no no other choice. There wasn't, no, until you got to the midway point of the season. And then I pivoted to Johnny Baseball. Who got sick and it's not your fault. He got sick. He hasn't been as good. He was so versatile. He had all those gloves. The flow was yeah. going. He he was just a spark plug. Yeah. I should have stuck with my original thought. And I jinxed a couple of guys here you because did. my devil magic at the beginning of the season was Corey Dickerson, who has been um not great. And then I picked as my second half devil magic guy Juan Yepes, who has been hurt and just came back and got sent down to Memphis. Came back, they uh, activated him and then sent him down to Memphis. So, uh, I got that one wrong. It seems like this is a push for us. Yeah, I think so. Thank goodness we have Goldie and Wayno. Thank goodness. And nobody had Albert Pools anywhere on any of those lists. I was just going to say. Or we no. none of us chose Arnado for anything no, either. No, Pretty amazing. But there's other than MVP, there's really no category for Nolan Arenado. Because we weren't going to say my bad to him. He's not a pitcher. He doesn't qualify as a devil magic guy. Right. So what we did with Arenado was absolutely fair. Yes. That's today's Fresh Take on 101 ESPN. Next up, we're going to talk to Claibs. Go to Wrigley Field in Chicago. Mike Claiborne and the Cardinal Radio crew getting ready for a day-night doubleheader today. And our buddy Mike is going to join us next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Just looked it up. It's going to be a beautiful day in Chicago. The Cards and Cubs playing a day-night doubleheader. Adam Wainwright will go in the opener for the Cardinals, and Jake Woodford will go in the nightcap. Mike Claiborne is with the Cardinal Radio crew, and he will be at Wrigley Field. Claibs, good morning. How are you, sir? Well, I'm just trying to get ready for one of the longest days of the year. Um, two games, and we'll be there for a while because we were blessed to have a two-hour, and I think, 13-minute game yesterday, so you know what that means. <laughs> Here comes the marathon. Remember the old Wrigley Field where the the, the sun – the Cardinals would be playing there in June when the sun was going down at like 8.15, and the games had ended at 7.45. Yeah, it was it was something. I mean, it was, you know, it, it was, you know, what then it was like, okay, this is all we knew. Now you fast forward and you see it, and like I said, we'll be there from sunrise to nearly sunrise tomorrow. It, it, it's going to be an undertaking. Well, part of the reason that you had it so easy last night, Clibs, was because Jordan Montgomery pitched an absolute gem last night, a one-hitter. He has been so sensational for the Cardinals since being acquired at the trade deadline. 4-0, ERA. This is the best acquisition for John Mozeliak at the trade deadline since. Fill in the blank for me. Oh, gosh, that's a good question. I'd have to think. Well, uh, would it be Holiday? No, Holiday was acquired in July. But. He was a week before. It was days before the deadline. So. Yeah, yeah. I would say Holiday. That's the one that comes to mind the, the quickest because Goldschmidt and Arenado were acquired in the off season. So I would say Holiday. And Claibs, it's remarkable what we're seeing, and you, you've been around this club essentially since Albert Pujols came up. And Michelle and I were just talking about he. he Albert Pujols shows up on the Today Show today. If Albert Pujols hits number 693 for the Angels, I don't think he does. I I think this is the perfect convergence of a baseball town and a baseball player 
and kind of like McGuire, not to the extent that McGuire in 98, but certainly our town has been electrified by a 42-year-old athlete. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, you have to go back to when McGuire had his run that we've seen people this electric when it came to a person who was taking it at bat. And even yesterday, you know, people stopped what they would do at a Wrigley Field to see what he was going to do. And for a guy at that age to hit a neck-high fastball into the seats, uh, you know, I'm still marveling over that. And somebody asked him last night, you know, were you looking for that pitch? He was like, well, who looks for a pitch that's three feet <laughs> off the ground? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, he just – He's just seeing the ball so well right now, and he trusts. He's really trusting his hands and letting them do the work. But it's been fascinating, and, and you know, he, and he would have been. He's the story. But the Montgomery thing for all you parents out there who who think velocity is important. You you bought your own radar gun to watch your kid throw seventy eight miles an hour. <laughs> Take a look at the three best performances the Cardinals have had this year: Palante, Wainwright. Uh, Michaelis, none of those guys are, are that 98, 98 mile per hour velocity that every parent wants to see his kid have because he thinks that's going to get him to the major leagues. These guys throw strikes up and down in the strike zone, left and right. You know, they're, they're throwing pitches for control instead of velocity. And, and I, I think what we're seeing with this Cardinal staff or the guys who've gone beyond eight innings, that's what it's all about. So parents, Put the radar gun in the trunk and make sure your kids can throw strikes because that's what gets you to this level. It, this velocity thing is vastly overblown. I know everybody wants to swing and miss stuff, but you know what? If you have good control, they'll swing and they'll still miss. Claves, can I have Jordan Hicks' parents put the uh, radar gun in the trunk too, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although, you know, here's his problem. You know, he, the velocity is there, but he, he just doesn't have the control that he needs to have with yeah. his breaking ball. I mean, his breaking balls, when he's got it right, they're nasty, okay? But when he doesn't, I mean, here comes the walkathon. And, you know, you look at a guy like uh, Dakota Hudson. If he can't get the sinker to work, he doesn't have a slider that he trusts. You know, his cutter is not there. Uh, and then he tries to muscle up on a fastball, and then that's when they hit it. So, you know, it's, I understand velocity, but at the end of the day, man, if you don't have control and have the ability to throw strikes with more than one pitch, you, you probably end up doing talk radio. And I, right. <laughs> I, I'm a big believer in, especially when you have that sort of velocity on your breaking ball, when you're throwing a 91-mile-an-hour slider, 93-mile-an-hour slider, dial it back two miles an hour to enhance your command. Exactly. And, and you know what? Speaking of talk radio, that's what Brad Thompson did. Yep. Brad Thompson wasn't overpowering, but you know what? He knew how to move it in and out and up and down, and it, and it turned out to be a good career. But, I mean, you know, I, I just see so many guys who are like, oh, his velo is 97. Look, man, they leave the park quicker than he can get it there if, if it's flat in 97. So I, I think we got to come to grips that there's better ways and more consistent ways and really realistically more healthy ways to throw strikes and get people out other than trying to just get a running start, throw it as hard as you can. And Claves, I want people to understand this, and, and I know that you've had this conversation too, because I asked Mike Schilt about it last year, and I've asked Ali Marmal about it, not just with Hicks, but with other guys. We we ask, why not dial it back a couple of miles an hour for enhanced command? And the answer is, well, these guys got here because they throw 100. And that's what they yeah. believe, is that that's what's going to keep them here, is throwing 100. They say, good question. It's valid. 
because I, I bring it up in the realm of John Smoltz telling me this uh, a long time ago. He said, hey, that's what I did. I dialed back for enhanced command. But a pitcher that got to the major leagues because he throws 100 believes that he's going to stay here because he throws 100. No, yeah, you're right. They, they believe it, but I can give you enough facts to tell you that you won't be here that long. Yeah. I mean, because here comes Tommy John, here comes the shoulder, here comes the fact that you're working your way back, and, you know, it just doesn't work. And, you know, I, I just think that some people, um, the, the numbers, you know, we look at numbers, we're numbers-driven. This is a game that's numbers-driven, and we see that number of 97, 98, and we think this is going to be our meal ticket. And, and I think scouts have even got caught up into it where, you know, some of these guys wouldn't be noticed. You know, uh, if they weren't big and strong and they show the ability to throw mid-90s, but they're making a living throwing 92, 93. You know, Adam Wainwright's the best example. Speaking of pitching clubs, Jack Flaherty looks strong in his third rehab start. He's going to get another one. But when he inevitably returns to the Cardinals, do you have any expectations for, for what you expect to see from Jack? Well, I think this time when he comes back, he'll be back in a more productive manner. Um, you know, they're obviously taking it slower than what they did initially. So, you know, I, I think the question, Michelle, is if he comes back and he gives you um, Jack Flaherty, you know, I'm not saying the Jack Flaherty of two years ago, but if he gives you that, that, that capable ability to get people out, your rotation all of a sudden is going to have a problem because Wayno, Michaelis, Montgomery are there, Quintana's there, and then here comes Jack. So is Jack start fourth or fifth in the rotation? And if you have that, boy, you're going to be tough. And, and it really it spreads you out as far as postseason is concerned, where, you know, we always talk about, well, you only need three. Well, what if you have four? What if you have five? You know, the guys who can really get deep into a game, I, I just think it puts you in a great position. Now, the one thing I caution everybody about, we have been stacking numbers against teams that have no chance of being in postseason play. I'm anxious to see what they do against Milwaukee, who's fading, against um, they've, they've got the Dodgers in San Diego. San Diego's kind of fading a little bit. So, you know, the, the test factor is going to be interesting to see just how far are they uh, when it comes to pitching and, and how they're going to hit better pitching. That, that's the other issue that comes into play also. So we, we have some fact-finding still to conduct with regard to what this team is going to look like in October. What's your eye test tell you, though? Well, you know, it's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think I like our chances more because they're throwing strikes. You know, the problem is, like last night, you know, Montgomery got ahead in the count against everybody. And I am amazed at how many hitters, and even I'll include the Cardinals, look at first pitch strikes. It, it's amazing. And in most cases, first pitch strikes might be the only one you can actually hit. But you know what? If they don't swing at it, I'm going to keep throwing it. And that's what's mm-hmm. going on now around baseball. Hey, Klaibs, Johnny Damon, to me, is one of the more underrated players that we've seen in baseball over the years. He had really good years in KC. He was good with Boston, won a World Series there, good with the Yankees, good with Oakland, and seemed to be a guy that everybody on his teams liked. And Johnny Damon is your latest interview subject on the 5460 podcast with Joe West. Yeah, he, he's a fun guy. You know, he, he had 2,700 hits. So he obviously knew what to do with a bat in his hand. I think he stole nearly 400 bases. So he's he's a more serviceable player than people give him credit for. Mm-hmm. But he was a fun guy to talk to. And you're right, Randy. Uh, and just talking to people before we did the interview, 
Um, he, he's a really interesting guy. And, and here's, a, here's a good story. We didn't really get into it. So he and Ray Langford lived in the same, live in the same area in, in Orlando. And they showed up and were going to try and play in some men's softball league. And, and apparently nobody really recognized him until Johnny Damon almost killed the second base. He hit a rocket over the second by the second baseman. And somebody said, this guy looks like he's been here before. And somebody realized, wait a minute, that's Johnny Damon. And so that was his one and only appearance in softball because he realized he still had too much thunder in his back. So Ray Ray kept playing. though. Nobody noticed Ray because he'd been out of the game for a while. But uh, he, he's now learning to play soccer more. So he's an active guy, but a fun person to talk to. And we were happy to have him on. Clabes, have fun today at Wrigley. We know it's going to be a long one, but it hopefully will be a fun one. And we'll be tuned in and we'll be checking out the, uh, the podcast, the Joe West 5460 podcast, wherever you get your podcast to. Well, I will say this. Um, I'm, if I'm going to be there all day and all night, I better have fun. I'm not going to sit there and get, <laughs> get get pissed off because we're losing to a team we shouldn't be losing to. So I'm looking forward to having a good day and night at Wrigley Field. Let's just win a couple. Just win a couple. There you go. And Albert right, home exactly. run. Throw that in there, too. Yeah. We, we, you know, somebody's going to make a mistake from the right side of Albert, and all of a sudden we're going to really have something really hoop about. So it's going to be fun this week. <laughs> all right. Claims, good to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. You guys have a great week. Take Thank care. You. See you later. That's our friend Mike Claiborne on 101 ESPN. Of course, you'll hear him later on today on the Cardinal Radio Network with the pregame interview with Ali Marmol and throughout the broadcast with John Rooney and Rick Horton. Coming up, we need a fighter for the fight. Text in 65780 with the word fight, and I would like to fight you. I don't know how many people out there are still left that want to fight you, Randy. That's the problem. There's going to be a text or two, 65780. Somebody will want to fight me, and somebody will probably beat me. I don't think they will. If you think you can do it, text in. 65780. The fight is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome to the fight on Character and Smallman. In the red corner, average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. Eight thirty-eight in St. Louis. That time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. It's that time of the show. It's time for the fight. We just mentioned that we needed a fighter right before the break, and the text came fast and furious. People still brave enough to want to fight Randy up. I commend you because I wouldn't want to do it. But Tony texted in, and Tony wants a, a crack at Randy today. Good morning, Tony. How you doing? I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> you did. You're very brave, Tony. Uh, what's your favorite sport? What do you think you would have the best shot at in today's fight? Uh, favorite sport is hockey. So probably not a lot of that. No, you're not in luck. We have zero hockey questions today. I hope you like baseball. Perfect. It wouldn't have mattered anyways, I'm afraid. I hope you specifically am an, are an Albert Pujols fan. Well, I love Albert. Well, you might have a chance here, Tony. Good luck to you. All right, thank you. Question number one for Tony. Albert Pujols moved to just three home runs back of Alex Rodriguez on the all-time list. What year did A-Rod set his career mark of 696? Was that 2016, 2017, or 2018? 20... 
16. Drew Smiley joined a fairly inclusive club last night, becoming the 449th different pitcher that Pujols went yard off of, tying the all-time record set by whom? Was that Hank Aaron, Alex Rodriguez, or Barry Bonds? Barry Bonds. Tony, today would have been Kobe Bryant's 44th birthday. HBD to Kobe. All right, HBD and RIP. Kobe won five finals, one more than Shaquille O'Neal. How many times did sh- is this? How many times did Shaq? Kobe. Okay, Kobe. okay, okay. I'm just going to remove this Shaq part. Today would have been Kobe Bryant's 44th birthday. Kobe won five finals. How many times did he win Finals MVP? Two, three, or four? Uh, three. And last night, Albert Pujols hit his 58th career home run against the Cubs, the second most in his career against one club. What club is number one with 62 career home runs against them? Is it the Cincinnati Reds, the Pittsburgh Pirates, or the Houston Astros? Let's go Pirates. Score check. Score confirmed. Where's Randy? Oh, there he is. Ryder with the assist on on Randy there. Randy hustling into the studio. Randy, your gear today suggests that you might be playing a little golf this afternoon. You are accurate. You are accurate. We've got a, a 1043, I think, at Glen Echo. Ooh, a 1043. You're Hello. racing out after yes, the show. Yes, I am. <laughs> Looks like a beautiful day to play some golf, Should Randy. Should be great, yeah. Uh, say good morning to Tony, your challenger. Tony, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Randy. I'm doing great. Uh, my daughter was just born Friday morning. Congratulations. Congratulations. What's her name? Congratulations, Tony. Uh, she's Bella Rose. Her first shout out. Bella and Rose. Bella Rose. Shout out to Bella. And we share a birthday. I am so happy for you and for her and your bride. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. August 19th. I'll always remember Bella Rose's birthday. That's right. And Tony, how are the early <laughs> days of fatherhood? Oh, uh, well, they're good. I got to listen to a lot of 101. <laughs> okay, Tony. Good answer, Tony. Good one, answer. One other question for you, and this might be tough, but... If you were a closer for a Major League Baseball team, would you have been back with said team yesterday? Randy. Randy. Just saying. <laughs> I don't know. My, perfor- my performance was hopefully better than it was this morning. There you go. Good answer, Tony. Randy. <laughs> Just ask. We're, we're talking about a child being brought into the world, Randy. Oh, no. I was telling somebody last night, and this is, hey, I'm different, right? Um. So Katie is born on December 5th, 1997. On December 6th, 1997, Randy's on an airplane to New Orleans to cover the Rams-Saints game. I'm just saying. And how did that go over? Uh, Toby Wright got hurt. It was really sad. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why you're mega mind, Randy, because I was thinking with your wife and child. Oh. Not about with the Rams. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I really couldn't have cared less what the Rams did. I was wondering how that went over with your family when you left right after the birth of your child. Oh, she was fine with it. Okay, Listen, great. I had, a, I had a job to do. You're funny. She was All in right. the hospital. What the hell was I going to do? I don't know. Be there for her emotionally. Get her ice chips. Bring the baby in. Stare at the baby. Take photos stare of the baby. Stare at the baby there. I mean, go. come on. Stare. stare at the baby. Make phone calls to your, to your family members. The baby's here. Yeah, no. <laughs> that happened on the on the fifth. Yes. Okay. Ready, Randy? Ready. <laughs> Question number one. Albert Pujols moved to just three home runs back from Alex Rodriguez on the all-time home runs list. Ooh. What year did A-Rod set his career mark of 696? 696. So this probably would have been his last year. 
and he's not eligible for the Hall of Fame now. Oh, man. Um, so what, essentially, what was A-Rod's last year coming off of that ridiculous suspension? Um, I'll say that he got suspended. He and then Ryan Braun got both suspended in 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. 20. I'll say 2016. Drew Smiley joined a fairly inclusive club last night, becoming the 449th different pitcher that Pujols went yard off of, tying the all-time record set by whom? Barry Bonds. I tweeted last night, you've never done Wordle, have you, Michelle? I've never done Wordle, no. Thank- I, I do the, the Times Mini crossword every day, but not yeah, Wordle. Yeah. Thank goodness they don't use names like S-M-Y-L-Y in Wordle. Oh, man, that'd be tough. Yeah. Wordle's one of those things that everybody was so annoying talking about Wordle that it turned me off of Wordle. I got it, yeah. And made me not want to do Wordle. It's difficulty is what turned me up. I still do it every day, though. It was just like TikTok. Everybody was so annoying doing the same dances over and over that I was like, I'm not not joining TikTok. I'll get on the next platform. No, no, China knows everything about you if you're on the TikTok machine. Really? They probably know everything about us anyway. Bad news coming out of TikTok, yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, Three? Is this three? Yeah, number three. Randy, today would have been Kobe Bryant's 44th birthday. Kobe won five finals. How many times did he win finals MVP? Well, Shaq won it the first three times he played, and then I think he won it the last two, so I will go with two. I don't think Paul Gasol won in one of those last two. A crime, honestly. They're retiring his number. Uh, last night, Albert Pujols hit his 58th career home run against the Chicago Cubs. That's the second most in his career against one club. What club is number one in his career with 62 home runs against them? I believe it would be the Houston Astros. Randy was out for a week. Yesterday, you got all four correct, right? You got the jack. It's true. <laughs> Is he on an Albert Pujols type tear? Or did new dad Tony come in? And you know, when, when new dads come in, they get mm-hmm. that mojo. Dad strength, that yeah. new dad strength. Did Tony take down Megamind? Matt, ring the bell. Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! Still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. Just win, baby. Tony, you're still a winner because you have Bella Rose in mm-hmm. your life now, but you weren't a winner in the fight. Randy beat you 4-2. I'm so sorry. Uh, I accept defeat. Play the Sounders. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You're, you're a new dad. dad. You're, you're a new dad, and I'm not doing oh, that today. Randy, he requested he it. He requested it. Yeah, okay. I am the champion. I'm unstoppable today. Feeling hot, 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 Randy. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Four. Tony, do you realize what you asked for here, Tony? <laughs> yeah, I look forward to it every time. Oh, you're the best, Tony. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We love it. Thank you, Tony, and congratulations on the yes, baby. Yes, congratulations. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. Bella Rose has one cool dad. We'll say that. Albert Albert Pujols moved to just three home runs back from Alex, Alex Rodriguez. He set his career mark of 696 back in 2016. Oh, had to figure that one out as it went along. I just love the way you opened it up. So he's not eligible for the Hall of Fame yet. <laughs> Jesus. Drew Smiley joined a fairly inclusive club last night, becoming the 449th different pitcher that Albert Pujols went yard off of, tying the all-time record set by Barry Bonds. 
I heard Dan, Dan's call, actually. Yeah. I that was one kind of gave it away. That was mentioned yeah. last night. Today would have been Kobe Bryant's 44th birthday. He won five finals, and he won finals MVP twice, 2009 and 2010. Deserved them both times. Last night, Albert Pujols hit his 58th career home run against the Chicago Cubs, the second most in his career. The club that is number one on that list with 62 career home runs against them is the Houston Astros, including one ball that may not have landed just yet. I don't think it has. Pretty good. Pretty good. Can you imagine being Brad Lidge and that's what you're known for? It's a legacy. Yeah. That's what you're known for. You had a, a great career. What a world just, series. Just go hang and you're on. known for that Albert Pujols yeah. moonshot. Just go hang out in Philadelphia. If you're Brad Lidge, you just always just can, can continually right, hang yeah. out around Phillies fans and in Philadelphia just as much as possible. Yeah. Have you guys tried Wardle? It's Wordle, but you're guessing uh, MLB players instead. I have not done Wardle. I have done Weddle, which is NFL players. Oh, the, the hardest one is Waddle, which is hockey players. Oh, my. That is that is so. I think it's seven letters, too. It's so hard. And then what's the uh, basketball one? There's a basketball one, too. Well, i got to go find that now. Uh, my kids. Wardle? I don't know. Seems like we're just, just seems like we're just jumping around and choosing it's, balls at this point. It's the name of an NBA player. What's uh Oh, okay. I'll I'll give it to you. We'll have it when we come back before three questions with the Minnesota Vikings, which comes your way next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Do you have any other questions for me, counselor? I don't really understand your question. Are you for me? I'm right. It's a question. That's a clown question, bro. Then shalt thou count to three. No more, no less. And now, it's time for three questions on the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings are a franchise that always seems to have a winning record, but they have not been in a Super Bowl since the 70s. They're 0-4 in Super Bowl play, a franchise that started in 1960 and has still never won a Super Bowl. Three questions about the Vikings. Number one. Matthew. Question number one. I mean, it's got to be about the quarterback. We've seen all the numbers from Kirk Cousins, but is it going to be good enough to get some hardware for him and the Vikings? What do you mean by hardware? Do we mean Super Bowl? I mean Super Bowl. Okay. No. no. Next question. <laughs> Here's the thing. He, he does. No, period. Next I, I, question. Bam. It, it's weird with him because he puts up good numbers. Last year, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Year before that, 35 touchdowns, 13 picks. Year before that, 26 and 6. Before that, 30 and 10. He always puts up good numbers, but man, those interceptions always seem to come at inopportune times. I think there's a little bit of bad luck involved, but I'm with you, Michelle. This is not the year they win, even though they have a really dynamic receiving core, a great running back, good offensive line. They've lost a lot defensively, and I don't see them winning a Super Bowl. He's got the weapons around him to be mm-hmm. good. You're right. He does put up the numbers. I know that there has been talk in the past that the offensive line wasn't strong enough. I, I was reading a lot about Kirk Cousins last night, and one article that I read said that Kirk, quote, needs everything to be perfect around him in order for him to succeed. And he's one of those quarterbacks that's good, not great. And you can win a Super Bowl with a quarterback that's a, a tier two or maybe a tier three guy, but I don't think that he's good enough to propel them to a Super Bowl, if that's the question we're being asked. Agreed. Number two. Number two. 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 There we are. (laughs) Number two, you talked about having to have everything perfect around him. Well, Dalvin Cook has yet to play a full season in the NFL, and last year they started pulling back on the touches. So, can they keep him healthy, and can he be a difference maker when it matters in the playoffs and potentially in a Super Bowl for the Vikings? 
Well, that's a tough question to answer. Will he be able to stay healthy? We don't know. I think if the Vikings knew if he would be able to stay healthy, that would be how they would approach things moving forward. But he's obviously such a weapon for them. But with a new coaching staff, Randy, they're going to be adjusting the way that they do a lot of things. And I'm wondering how many touches he's going to get and how pass happy the offense is going to be and how that might impact him positively or negatively. Look for the same things in the running game that the Los Angeles Rams do. Kevin McConnell. Kevin O'Connell is a Sean McVay disciple, and they use multiple backs, and that's exactly what's going to happen in Minnesota. And if ever there was an opportunity for Dalvin Cook to stay healthy and be healthy for a playoff run, this would be the year for it to happen. That being said, they got a pretty good year last year out of Alexander Madison, their third rounder from 2019. He's a pretty good player, and if they lose Cook, I think they've got a pretty nice replacement. They have been run first, and Everything that I'm reading is saying they're going to pivot to more pa- a pass-heavy mm-hmm. offense. I wonder how they're going to utilize him there, if they're going to target him in that way, and if that could unlock a whole new skill set for him and make him just that more dangerous and valuable to this team. That absolutely could be the case, although Justin Jefferson claims that he's going to be the number one receiver in the league this year. Well, let, let's see him do it. Let's see if he can be the number one receiver out of LSU from the same team that won the championship. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> Devontae Adams still exists, right? Yeah, he does <laughs> so. too. You're right, exactly. Tell you what, if you're in a deep, deep fantasy league, Alexander Madison's going to be a good yeah, second nice running back play. Yep. Number three. I love it when Packers join the Vikings. They always seem to make some kind of impact. And Zadarius Smith is the latest Packer to join the division rival. He's played just one game since he put up those 26 sacks across two seasons for the Packers. Can he return to form and give the Vikings defense a boost they desperately need? Very rarely does a Packer player go elsewhere and make a big impact. They know when to let guys go. And I believe they knew when the right time to let Zadarius Smith go was. This is a good defense. They're uh, they're returning a good defense. They have a good combo of veteran players and young rookies, but they're transitioning away from a 4-3 base defense mm-hmm. into a 3-4 scheme. And anytime you make a transition like that, you have to wonder if there's going to be a calibration period. I think it's going to be a good defensive unit. I'm just wondering if it might take them some time to, to really gel underneath this new scheme. Because they have a new coaching staff, so this is going to be a, a team that looks a lot different heading into this season. Yeah, and getting a guy like Jordan Hicks, who was great last year with Arizona, that's a nice pickup for them in adding them him to a 3-4. Eric Kendricks, despite the fact that he's been around for seven years, is still one of the best linebackers in the league. Danielle Hunter can get after the quarterback. He's terrific. But again, he was a guy that was a 4-3 end and now is going to be an outside linebacker in the 3-4. Sometimes that transition can be difficult. I don't think it will be for him. They should be able to get after the quarterback. They're a good team, but do you think that they can take down the Packers and be the kings of the North, the NFC North? I don't either. I, I, I think it's actually a pretty easy order to put together. The Packers win the division, the Vikings finish second, the Lions finish third, and the Bears finish fourth. There might be a battle for the basement between the Lions and the Bears. There might be. Boy, the Bears cannot protect the quarterback, though. I think Justin Fields might be dead by the end of the season. And maybe by the hands of the Lions because they're biting kneecaps That's off. True. You know Good what I'm point. saying? The Lions may be the one to kill him. Yeah. Aiden Hutchinson, a Michigan man, just takes him out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Lions are going to be fun. I, I, you, I cannot watch Hard Knocks and not come away with the fact that I'm going to have fu- at least be interested in watching the Lions. Yeah, they're going to be fun. They're going to be interesting. Thanks, so. Matthew. Thank you, Randy. Coming up next, the Cardinals have a five-game lead in the division. So would you rather see them expand that lead and run away from Milwaukee? Or would you rather have a battle for that division title down the stretch and have the Cardinals be as sharp as they can possibly be heading into the playoffs? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
the 2-2 pitch by Jordan Montgomery. Swing and a miss, and he struck him out. The 2-2. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Seven tonight for Montgomery. Ground ball right side. Albert Montgomery. Ball game. Cardinals win it. What a way to finish it with the two guys that star tonight. Albert to Montgomery. And a 1-0 complete game shutout for Montgomery. His first ever in the big leagues. Danny Mack with the call last night on Valley Sports. The Cardinals have won eight in a row. They have won 18 of their last 22. And they've opened a five-game advantage over Milwaukee in the NL Central. And, Michelle, kind of a two-pronged question here. Do you want the Cardinals to run away with the division and avoid having to deal with Milwaukee? But the second part of it is, if you're chasing the Mets and the Braves, in the National League to try to get that home field and get the buy in the first round. How far do you go in trying to get that home field? For example, if you are a game behind the Mets on the last day of the season and you've already passed the Braves and you have a chance to tie the Mets, would you pitch Adam Wainwright knowing that if you lost the game, then you wouldn't have Wainwright or perhaps Montgomery to pitch game one of the wild card round? Ooh, that's a tough decision. Uh, I think that they would go for it, but I might be more inclined to want to preserve Wayno because I think you have your best shot if you, even though he's the first one to say, abuse me, go ahead and, mm-hmm, and, right. and use me. I'll endure any load that you're going to put on my shoulders. But I think I would be more inclined to take my shot with a re- uh, a more rested and healthy Adam Wainwright to, to be the one to go number one. And it's really a difficult thing to consider right now because you don't know who would be pitching for the Mets or the Braves or whomever. I I want the team to be sharp heading into the postseason. There's no doubt about that. But if you give me the choice between pretty much accepting my fate as the division champion as the third overall seed with, with a week left in the season, I'm going to accept that fate and set up my pitching for the wild card round. I, I would rather consider concern myself only with winning the division and being the number three overall seed. I want the Cardinals to run away with this things for a couple reasons. Number one, I think that winning is providing them a lot of confidence. You're seeing how Mm -hmm. much fun this team is having and winning is either the fun is a product of the winning or, or the other way around. Either way, good vibes all around. Keep it going. I also think running away with the division, you're still, your foot is still on the gas. If you're winning mm-hmm. games, you're still being sharp and you're maybe have your sights set on the Mets. So it's not as if you're going to be dulled by not having the Brewers right there in your rearview mirror. And Randy, Albert Pujols and the chase for 700 is so remarkable. It's so electrifying. And the further away you get from the Brewers, the more spots he might be able to sneak into, even if the matchups on paper aren't favorable for him. And I want him to get those ABs and get a shot at this thing. So you're six up against the Brewers with those last six games against the Pirates coming up. And Albert's at 698. There's no way that you don't play Albert every single game. And it doesn't matter who's pitching at that point. You want to give, you might even hit him second. Yeah. Just so that you can get him as many at-bats as possible to get him to 700. Why wouldn't you? If you have a comfortable lead in the division, everybody on the team is going to want to see him Mm -hmm. go for it. And everybody in the stands and everybody turning on the game, that's what they want to see.
I would not be surprised. In fact, I kind of expect that the Cardinals will clinch this division with a week left in the season. I would be really surprised if the Brewers were able to go on a run. And granted, the Cardinals do have a West Coast trip to San Diego and L.A. But the way the Brewers are going, I would be really surprised if they were able to go on a run. And the Cardinals would slip to the point where this would be a one or two game difference between these two franchises. Doesn't it feel like, even though they're certainly still competing, that the rhetoric you hear coming out of Milwaukee is that they seem defeated. Yeah, absolutely. And yesterday, Eric Lauer, who was their starting pitcher for the game, the the story came out yesterday that Lauer said, to paraphrase, we don't feel really good in the clubhouse about the way the front office went about the Josh Hader trade. Doesn't matter what he's done since, but what they told us when they made that trade, and this is paraphrasing, is... Yeah, we really don't want to help you guys out this year. And he's his line was, how many bites at the apple are is this team going to get? Not many. And they took away one of our bites at the apple. And the Cardinals and Brewers were right there at that point. And one team went out and added and told young players on their team, we believe in you mm-hmm. and provided an infusion of confidence into this Cardinals clubhouse. And the other team, regardless of what he was doing in the month leading up to him departing the organization, was dealt and the the team was made worse at the deadline at least in their minds and i don't think that they're as as dangerous of an opponent without josh Hader. no and there's absolutely no reason for the brewers to not try to compete because the brewers they've drawn three million in the past they've drawn 1.6 million already this year the cardinals have drawn 2.4 but the brewers have a good tv contract they have a good market where people show up to the games there's no reason for the Brewers to trade Josh Hader and not go out and get a Joey Gallo, who the Dodgers got and has been reasonably effective for them. They should have been trying rather than disassembling. And I would be ticked if I were a Brewers fan. Think about the other teams in this division. Let's go back to what was it, 2015, when you had Pirates, Cardinals, Michael mm-hmm. Waka. And look how far the Pirates have fallen since then. In 2020, you really thought that the Reds were going to be the team that would contend for the division and that they had all the pieces in place. And what they do one by one, sold them all off, and then the owners taunting the fan base. Mm -hmm. You have the the Cubs, who, yes, they won in 2016, but have sold off all of their beloved stars and are embarking on a rebuild. And their owners saying we had financial losses of biblical proportions. Mm -hmm. So that's why we can't go for it. And then you have the Brewers, who at the deadline should have been really going for it and saying we believe in this team and we're going to go out there and do what needs to be done Uh, we're going to make a financial gamble in order to make sure that we put this team in a position to not only win the division but to really compete for a world series and instead they dealt at the deadline it just seems like it's this constant cycle of teams with these massive swings and and ebbs and flows and there the cardinals are steady as can be Mm Michelle, as you know, I'm not a guy that is a big devotee of the war statistic. But I do recognize it as a way to rank players. And the Cardinals have three of the top nine active players in terms of war in all of baseball right now. In uh, Albert, number one. I believe Goldie's number six and Arenado is number nine. And Arenado and Goldie are both in the top four since Arenado started playing. You've got two of the top four war players in the sport in the last decade on your team together right now. And what'd you give up to acquire them? Nothing. 
one team gave you $51 million mm-hmm. in order to acquire right, him. Yeah. And yes, they, they both have hefty price tags. It's, and, not, it's not as if they're free, but still. And, and by the way, I, I know there's a lot of people out there that say, man, I sure would love to have Austin Gomber back. Uh, the, the the three that I hear most are I want uh, I'm I'm pissed that they traded Sandy Alcantara yeah. I'm pissed that they traded Austin Gomber I'm pissed that they traded Luke Weaver I hear that, that all the time that people want to undo those trades do you yeah well one of them one they they only want to undo the ones that really don't work out in their favor they don't want to undo the ones that that wind up with Hall of Famers and how quickly <laughs> they forget too yeah the weird one that I keep hearing people complain about and, and somebody somebody sent out a tweet that kind of like refreshed everyone's anger is the Ozuna trade people are people are still getting bummed about that one when they see the success of some of the pieces there I'm just in the moment that made that trade made sense yeah, and those right. guys those guys exploding like they have you, just, you sometimes you have to toss your hands and be like listen you can't call them all you'd love to win every single trade you would but that just doesn't happen it it doesn't happen for any franchise. Hey, the Chicago Cubs traded Lou Brock to the Cardinals. They would kind of like to have that one back, probably. Yeah, but that's a very Chicago Cubs thing to do. It is. Cardinals fans don't expect Sandy Alcantara to walk out the door. You think the Dodgers would like to have Jordan Alvarez right now, one of the five best hitters in the game? Probably. But they traded him, and uh, they, they got a relief pitcher, right? Uh, who'd they get? I, I don't even... You should have this on the... Well, you could have had it on the fight tomorrow, because I wouldn't have remembered. <laughs> Jordan Alvarez got traded. Let me roll. Who was it? Seems a little random, Randy. I'm just saying. Oh. Uh, anyway, the guy wasn't that great. He was a pitcher that didn't last long for them. So, anyway, I'm just saying that it, these things happen in, in sports. You make bad... Sometimes you trade your Hall of Fame running back to St. Louis for a 2 and a 5. just happens sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, Josh Fields. Josh Fields, who, there you go. Uh, Josh Fields. Last pitched in 2018 when he made uh, 10 appearances with a 2-2 ERA for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And Jordan Alvarez this year leads the American League with a 400 <laughs> on base, 31 homers, 79 RBIs, and a 1-0-0-9 OPS. So even the Dodgers have been caught making a bad trade here or there, a trade that didn't work out in their favor. But... I, if you want to do this, if you want to play the Sandy Alcantara game, I will allow you to go and become a fan of the Marlins, and I will stick here as a fan of the Cardinals. I'm not playing this game. <laughs> I don't know why you're looking at me. I, I didn't elect to play this game. <laughs> I am comfortable right here. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. That's today's big thing coming up. You're killing me, Smalls, on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's totally killing Smalls right now? You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls, with Michelle Smallman on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by Mobile on the Run. On the Run is your summertime snack and sip store. It's time for... You're killing me, Smalls! Well, Randy, as we talked about yesterday, our long national nightmare came to an end because Tom Brady returned to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday. TB12, welcome back. Welcome back, buddy. After an 11-day hiatus that was pre-cleared by the Bucs, Tom Brady returned to his team. And again, the absence was... 
they said Tom Brady was gone for, quote, personal reasons, right? And there's a lot of speculation that had been running wild. Was he filming The Masked Singer? Where could Tom Brady have been? Well, according to a recent report from the Pro Football Network, Tom Brady was gone because he was spending time with his family. This included a trip to the Bahamas at an exclusive resort where he was there with his children and his wife, Giselle. The Bahamas. I thought it was Greece, but I'm glad that they got a little vacation. And I guarantee you that she planned it. Yes, but I I wonder how many of his teammates, even though they won't say anything publicly because he's the GOAT, were like, I would love to be on a Bahamian vacation with my family right now, but instead I'm grinding it out in preseason activities. I don't want to be in this team meeting. I would love to be sipping a Mai Tai in the sand with my supermodel wife. So I used to... uh... I, I used to think this about when Albert Pujols wouldn't run hard to first and Tony would basically excuse him and uh, probably go down and say, hey, you know, next time, if you feel like it, could you run harder? With Tom Brady, if you're Todd Bowles, or if you're the front office there, nobody else has the level of cachet that Tom Brady has. Tom Brady's running practices while he's there. So I'm sure other players would love to do that. But then if you're another player, you really don't have that sort of leverage that Tom has. Just like few people have the leverage that Yadier Molina has. Bingo. That that he could leave and go support his basketball team that he owns for a weekend, saying it's an important business uh, situation that he needs to be involved in. And it it means a lot to his country. And it seems to be a non-issue across the board. Yeah, it's. I always go back to that Jimmy Johnson line. He had a running back named Kervin Richards, who was a backup to Emmett Smith. And one time in a road game, I think it was at New York, Kervin Richards fumbled twice. And on the plane home, Jimmy Johnson went to Kervin Richards and said, hey, just so you know, you're cut. We're releasing you. And then the next day in the press conference, somebody asked, well, why don't you ever do that with Emmett? And he said, well, with Emmett... But with Kervin Richards, I cut him. With Emmett, I say, could you please hold on to the ball? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it's, you, you can't treat everybody the same. You treat different athletes differently. But why would the family vacation for Tom Brady need to happen right now? This is what I don't understand. Is you had it, all this time in the offseason to get this done. Why would you take the vacation now? I think there's probably two parts to this. Number one, I'm guessing it was probably set up during the 40 days that he was retired and they didn't want to or didn't. Maybe there was no other way to move it. I don't know. And maybe he just wanted a week off because nobody likes training camp. True, but it's not as if they're worried about losing the money on the deposit for the hotel. No, but maybe it was a a yacht that was only available for... X amount of days, and the other ones you watch below deck, right? Maybe the the maybe the charter season it was already taken up for the rest of the charter season. Yeah, and I'm sure his teammates, especially especially the practice squad guys, are going to be like, "Wow, Tom, yeah." I'm really glad that you didn't have to lose your spot on the super yacht, the Bahamian super yacht. And Tom will say, "Well, you know what? You can go work on a super yacht after September 1st when you get cut." (laughs) I mean, just. 
It's just that surprising. Vicious, Randy. <laughs> but true. Yeah, true. But <laughs> vicious, nonetheless. Vicious. Guys in years tw- in year 12 will find ways to miss a week or two of training camp because they're just so done with it and they don't need it at that point. We're surprised that a guy around year 20 planned, conveniently cl- planned his European vacation right smack dab at the beginning in the middle of training camp. Of course he did or, because the Buccaneers weren't going to say no. Like there were several years where Orlando didn't exactly. participate in training camp. And then he'd show up. He'd show up on the last Friday of training camp. And then they'd play on Sunday, and he'd be their best guy. And but, Brady will show up, and he'll be their best guy. Which, which I totally agree with. And I don't think he's he's going to be unpre- unprepared physically or mentally. But if you wanted to go on the Bahamian vacation that badly, then why did you unretire? If if the vacation is more important to you than football activities that you are required to be at per, per your job, why didn't you just stay retired? Why do you take a vacation in the middle of training camp? Because you can. But this is but this is somebody who had the option to vacation literally every day for the rest of his life. This guy has made enough money and has enough accolades that he could have stayed retired. He says he says that he wants to come back because he loves the grind of football. Mm-hmm. But Michelle, he can eat his cake and have it too. <sighs> eat the cake and have it too. We'll see about that. Remember the, all the trouble Tony Romo got going got into during a bye week going on vacation with Jessica Simpson. I don't think it was to the Bahamas. I think it was like to Cabo or something. He, he took a lot of grief for that because they lost. Here's the key for Tommy. Tommy better win. He usually does. Yeah. <laughs> Historically, he does, in fact, yeah. win. You're killing me, Smalls. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, after a pretty mild quarterback battle between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, the Carolina Panthers announced that Baker Mayfield will be the starting quarterback for week one versus his old team, the Cleveland Browns. NFL storylines, huh? Who does Deshaun Watson make his first start against? Oh, the Houston Texans. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So Baker, I I don't think Baker, Michelle, is elite. I don't think that he's a top 10 quarterback in the league, but I think he's a 10 to 15 guy. We tend to forget that he set the record for the most touchdown passes by a rookie. Mm -hmm. And he did, and I know that this sounds weird because... They seem to have th- things somewhat figured out in Cleveland, but maybe not. But he did lead the Browns to an 11-5 and record in a playoff win just a year ago. And so, when he was injured, and he has had a carousel of coaches mm-hmm, throughout right, his tenure right. in Cleveland. So I think that Baker Mayfield might be better than I give him credit for, and a lot of people give him credit for. And we were talking earlier about how hard it is to scout quarterbacks. I think Sam Darnold probably has turned out to be a miss by the NFL. Here's the thing with Baker Mayfield. When you're a number one overall pick, certain expectations come with that. When you're in the progressive commercials and the stadium is your house, certain expectations come with that. And has he been a bad quarterback? By no means. Has he dealt with a lot of unstable things in his environment that he's overcome? Sure. But he hasn't reached the level that warrants the progressive commercials. He hasn't reached the level that warrants the number one overall pick. And until he does that, people will think that he's maybe bust is too extreme of a word, but people won't think he's a success. He wasn't humble enough as a young quarterback. And you're right. And it was because progressive is in Cleveland, but he got spots that probably should have gone to other quarterbacks in the league. Probably. You're killing me.
killing me, Smalls. And finally, yesterday, we had Demetrius Johnson on to talk about Luther Burden's exciting uh, name image likeness deal with old Vienna chips. Can't wait to get those. What are they, honey barbecue? Yeah, delicious. Absolutely delicious. Well, another delicious development in the NIL scene, Randy. Hooters announced yesterday mm-hmm. that they have signed 51 college football offensive linemen to name image and likeness deals from various teams across the country. They're working with players from Auburn, LSU, Oklahoma, Miami, Georgia Tech, Mizzou, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, Florida Atlantic, and USF. They're hitting their demographic, aren't they? With college football players and the people that tune into college football, especially in the Southeast, it's a great move by Hooters and great for the players. Uh, Happy for them, too. If you were going to pick one section of a football team that would be a good match with Hooters. It's got to be the O-line. Demolishing, absolutely crushing some chicken wings, some buffalo chicken sandies. The O-line was the way to go. Good work, Hooters. And I would think that, especially with those schools that you mentioned, Hooters will get a lot of business out of this because, heck, I think there are actually Hooters that are closing. That's a chain that needs to make a comeback, and hopefully this will help them do that. Thanks, Michelle. You're welcome. Hey, why don't you do me a favor and go to the dentist? Okay, I will. Thanks. Oh, and by the way, for anyone listening, if you're looking for something to do tonight, come by Wild Carrot in Tower Grove. Starting at 6 o'clock, there's an event called Freshly Picked. I'm going to be hosting it. It's a sustainable shopping event. There's going to be fashion influencers selling out of their closets and a bunch of vendors in St. Louis, including Luxury Row, which you don't want to miss. But it's only $10. You can buy tickets at the door or you can head to my Instagram at msmallman and pre-purchase tickets. But most importantly, the money raised is going towards Lydia's House, which is a great organization here in St. Louis that supports uh, women and children who are victims of domestic violence. So if you're looking for something fun to do, I know there's a lot of women that listen to the show. Come network, shop, and hang out with us. Good for you. Glad you're doing it. Thank you. Thanks, Randy. And again, find Michelle on the socials on both Instagram and the Twitter at M. Smallman and head on over to Tower Grove tonight. BT is going to join us from Chicago coming up. We'll talk about last night and today's doubleheader coming your way next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Michelle Smallman headed out for the dentist. We get this from the 314. Oh, so Michelle can just leave whenever? Outrageous. Who is she? Yachty or Brady? Good question. She says she's got the cachet, though. And in Michelle's stead, We've enlisted the help of one of our teammates here at 101 ESPN, co-host of The Fast Lane, the great Brad Thompson, who's doing the Cardinal games today, both games of the doubleheader on Bally Sports, and uh, he's waiting for the bus. BT, good morning. How you doing? I am doing great, Randy, and i, I got to tell you this. I find it absolutely ridiculous that somebody cannot just be there for their entire show. That is crazy, <laughs> and I don't know if I agree with it, but I hope she has a good time at the dentist can't believe they let them do it. I just can't believe that there Unbelievable. would be people that, that would do it. Hey, uh, right. how much fun is this trip? I mean, the weekend, the Saturday night game was just unbelievable. Sunday was fun. We're in the midst of an eight-game winning streak. But everything that's happening, how much fun are you having broadcasting this and watching these games? Dude, having a blast. I mean, it really is. And, uh, Randy, you always uh, you always laid this out perfectly, like it, the, the job that we have. It's almost like, you know, a fan with access, right? So I, I'm loving what I'm seeing. I love baseball anyhow. And then get, a, get to be around these guys and talk to them every single day. Like, the, the energy is just great. And to be totally honest, the energy has been really good around this ball club all year, like through the, the good times, you know, uh, some down times. But they just, uh, they, they just enjoy coming to the yard. And, and right now – you 
the expectation, I, I think, for me, and I feel like for these guys, is every game, no matter what is going on, they're going to figure out a way to win. And that's a dangerous thing, you know, when you, when you have a team that, that looks at it like that, where they believe that if they get down a few runs in the first inning, well, they got the offense that could bring them back. Or if they need to win a pitcher's duel, they can win a pitcher's duel. Like, they've, they've got firepower throughout the lineup. It's just a really good ball club right now. And what they needed is what they got at the trade deadline, right? Quintana, until Sunday, had been really good, and he didn't get any help at all from the home plate umpire, by the way. But, man, Jordan Montgomery, what a revelation. He has been. He has been. And, like, that was the thing. I know we all got caught up in the Juan Soto, and, look, had they swung a deal for Juan Soto, we'd be singing the praise. Uh, Absolutely. But there was a huge hole in this rotation. You needed stability. You needed innings. And that's exactly what you got with Quintana and Montgomery. Montgomery last night, I mean, that was, that was so enjoyable to watch. A guy that's just aggressive, spotting up his fastball, everything working off of it, just attacking the opposition. Uh, he, he has been great. And what it's also allowed you to do is be able to, on a day, and it's generally has been Dakota's day. You mentioned Quintana's short start. But if you need to go short with a starter, then do it. If you want to be aggressive early in a game, and if you think somebody doesn't have it, well, then you can go to your bullpen because you believe that the next guy is going to be able to provide you innings. Uh, and that's exactly what's happened. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have a guy like Andre Pallante, who was in the rotation, now helps solidify the, the bullpen. So they've been great. And, and what Montgomery was able to do yesterday, you look at the bullpen, I have no idea how Ollie was going to close that game. Out. I don't either. You, a, t- a tight ball game. You don't have Helsley. Gallegos went back-to-back. Genesis Cabrera went back-to-back. I mean, you already had Stratton that was uh, extended further. Woodford, uh, who's starting game two of the doubleheader, he was extended. I mean, we might have seen maybe JoJo Romero, which I would have been interested to see in that ninth inning because I like what we saw at the one game so far. But Montgomery put the team on his back last night. And they're in a position now where, at least from my point of view, in a leverage game like that, you got a one nothing game, I don't think you can pitch Jordan Hicks. No, uh, and look, he uh, I think he was up for a second. I, I don't know if you can either right now. He's just been incredibly erratic, and we know that the stuff is there, but it's it's can you consistently repeat it? You look at the velocity, and you've seen some of the wipeout sliders, then you go look at some of the numbers, and you look at the you know whiff rates and the, uh, you know, uh, Randy, I know you're big into FIP. You look into mm-hmm. like some of the FIP stuff. Like the numbers should be worse than they are uh, against him. So uh, I, I think that there's still like room there, obviously, for a talented arm like that. But in that game, I'm not sure that you can trust him to consistently throw strikes. BT, this one from the 618. Did Brad make a Step Brothers reference yesterday on the broadcast? Thought I heard one. I think it's in play. I really don't know what I'm saying half the time, okay. but I very well could have. Okay, just I, I didn't catch it either, but uh, yeah, sometimes you just naturally say stuff. It's part of our lexicon, isn't it? Yeah, who knows, right? There are some things that just creep into almost every conversation. I, I'm saying stepbrothers might end up being one of those things. Every once in a while, too, I'll just say something uh, to to Dan just to throw him off a little bit. You know the pro that Dan is. So every once in a while, you got to get him off his game a little bit. I enjoyed participating last night and giving you guys, after you had come up with Miles, the milestone guy, giving him a last name. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Miles, uh, Miles was there. Milestone, Randy, that was, a, that was spot on perfect. <laughs> and uh, it worked. It worked. I mean, who, who else could be keeping track of all these great feats that these Cardinal players are doing, but their uh, deep, uh, deep analytics guy, Milestone. <laughs>
This is great. Hey, I want to ask you, because I actually went back and looked at Oakland A's Mark Mulder highlights last night on the YouTube, and I see similarities between Mark Mulder and Jordan Montgomery. And Mulder, he, before the Cardinals got him, he was an absolute stud. And I kind of think Jordan Montgomery could be of a similar vein. I, I totally agree with you. The, the way that Mulder was able to spot up his fastball to the glove side very well, also had that big breaking ball. Both of those guys stand tall on the mound. Arm action might be a little bit different, mm-hmm. but I think it's a good comp for him. And you know I've talked about this with you and talked about it a lot over the years. I mean, Mark Mulder, Mulder should have got that contract that Zito got. Yeah. Unfortunately for him, he got hurt. I mean, Mulder was a guy for, for quite some time in this league. And you look at Jordan Montgomery and you look at the way that he goes about it, the stuff that he has, I think that he's going to continue to get better. And I, I love uh, for him and certainly for the Cardinals that he and Yadier Molina have got the opportunity to work together. He's already talked about since being here. Uh, having the trust in throwing his four seam to the glove side. This is a guy coming into, uh, you know, before with the Yankees. He had the sixth highest, I think it was, sinker rating, the uh, most sinkers that he throws, you know, during games. And they've changed that a little bit. They've gone sinker, you know, away to arm side. They've gone four seam inside. He's really bumped that up almost 15, 20%. And it's working. Sometimes you just get to a place where they fix your arsenal and how you deploy it. And I think that Montgomery's in a good spot. So the fact that you have him for another year, look, I, I bet the wheels are already turning on how do we keep him for even longer than that? Hey, let's touch on the offense a little bit because Goldie last night in a rare offer goes over four. But when you have the hot, the, the big guys as hot as they have been, you can kind of count on them. And I would not be surprised if against a youngster today uh, or uh, another youngster tonight, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinal offense lights up both of these Cubs starters tonight, today. No, I wouldn't be either. And that's just kind of the offense that they have. So I thought that Drew Smiley did a really good job last night keeping them off balance. And obviously it was one historical swing of the bat from Albert Pujols on a pitch that was almost at his freaking head uh, mm-hmm. that he hits out of the ballpark. The guy is just uh, amazing, and I've never seen him so happy. Uh, but th- this is a lineup, man, where you think that they can go get you. And a young starter making his debut, um, it's a big opportunity for him, but you know, that he's going to try to get ahead, and I think that the Cardinals going to be able to jump on him. He's going to have to show the ability to throw some off-speed stuff. Uh, Tavier Assad, the 25-year-old, look, it's it, it, to your point, Randy, it really is a lineup that can hurt you quickly, and hopefully that's the case. You know at Wrigley Field, mm-hmm. you never know what you're going to get on a given day. We might have the wind blowing out, and you have 10 home runs during a ball game. And with Wayno going, because of what you talked about with the bullpen, and I hope Helsley is back today, but we're still only a day removed from those guys being unavailable. And with Woodford starting tonight, it'd be nice to get the, the quintessential six and two thirds, seven innings from Wayno tonight, today. Look, give me nine shutout again. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I, saw, I saw it yesterday, and I want to see it again. You know, Adam always talks about, he has throughout the years, of the friendly competition that happens, you know, within the starting rotation. It's like the anything that you can do, I can do better. Well, the only thing that you can do better is a no-hitter at this point yeah. after uh, what we saw from Montgomery. But, no, you're absolutely right. Length, again, out of Adam Wainwright is going to be important. Woodford's going to be starting the game, but you'd have to imagine that Matthew Libertor is going to eat up uh, – uh, maybe not a bulk of the innings, but certainly some in the middle in game two of this doubleheader. So you need it. You, you need that, and you, you would love to be able to get a little extra rest for Gallegos and Cabrera. Now they're both going to have to answer the bell today, uh, assuming that Helsley isn't, isn't available and isn't there. I don't know yet. Uh, but it's, 
it's you've come to expect that out of Adam. It seems like every yeah. time he goes out there, his line looks like last start. It's like seven innings, three hits. He punched out seven against the Rockies. So he has just been so consistent. He's made a couple of starts so far against the Cubs this year. He's gone seven in each of them and given up two total. So that's the expectation out of Wayno. All right, two more things. Number one, you, you mentioned the ball that Albert hit last night. Sarah Langs from MLB tweeted that the pitch was 4.23 feet above the ground, the second highest pitch hit for a home run in MLB this season, the third highest since the start of last year. I was amazed that he swung at it, let alone hit the ball out of the ballpark. So the I guess the thing is with Albert, if if you're not throwing – 98 miles an hour, he can still catch up to you. And, you know, he's got that good level swing where where he can go get to it. But he's seeing anything up in the zone, he's seeing it, he is hurting the ball. And you look at the the at-bats that he had yesterday. I mean, the first one was a laser off the wall at 106 miles an hour, and he is going to set some records for the longest singles. It's impressive. (laughs) He is. Uh, But then the double double play, I mean, hitting to it in the fourth inning, hitting to a double play, that was 103 miles an hour off the bat. He's just squaring up everything right now. I mean, the guy is is up there, and uh, he's he's playing some of the best baseball. Like the run that he's on right now is some of the best baseball, the best baseball. Like when you're looking at the numbers that he's ever had in his career, and that's something when you see the the career of Albert. So no reason to believe that he's not going to be able to go out there and probably hit four more this series because that's just what he does. Yeah, he's incredible. Final thing here, BT, and thanks for joining us this morning. Number one, uh, well, this is the last thing, so it's not number one. But the Cardinals have won 18 of their last 22, 18 and four in their last 22. I wanted them to go 19 and seven over this 26-game stretch. What in this five-game series would be success for you? Even though the Cardinals are one and oh, if they go two and two, if they go three and one, what are you looking for in these last four games of the series? Well, I mean, you would love it. In a five-game set, you want to win it. I mean, you win every series, you end up being in the postseason. So you go three and two in this one, you feel really good about it. And now, uh, I I think that when you look at the Cubs, and their starting pitching, by the way, has been really good. There's only been one rotation uh, better since the All-Star break, uh, and that's been the Dodgers. Like, they've kept them afloat, and they've played some really good baseball uh, since that break. But it's it's still a team that you should beat, and it's still a team that you should go out there and at least win a series against. So would I be shocked if they sweep them? No, not at all. Uh, but three and two out of the five, give me a series win and then head back home because it's going to be a tougher test over the weekend with the Braves coming to town. Feel the same way. BT, have two great broadcasts today and tonight, 120 and 715 tonight. Is that right? Something like that. It might be 630. I don't know. I don't know, Randy. I'm just going to be at the ballpark all day having fun. It is a 7.05. We split the difference there. So 127.05. Okay, perfect. And uh, we will be tuned in, and we miss you here. Can't wait to see you back here on Friday. Absolutely. I'll be there. Thanks for having me, Randy. Right. Miss you. Brother, miss you too. Thanks a lot. See you. That is the great Brad Thompson joining us from Chicago Cards and Cubs today, 120 and 705. And Brad will have the action along with Danny Mack. Coming up next, we're going to give away some tickets to the Eagles. The Eagles coming to town November 15th. And uh, you have the chance to get tickets for the Eagles next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I was thinking just change his eye level and, and like, you know, don't let him hit it. Honestly, was my thought. Uh, just throw it up and, and kind of, if he swings great, I knew he's, I know he's very aggressive. If not, you know, 
to ball and being come back to, to a different pitch next. Um, but and he's the machine for a reason. He's he's back, so it's um, you know tip your cap to him. He's Albert Pujols, you know he's he's the goat. He's one of the greatest of all time. Um, he finally got me. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Smiley, the Cubs left-handed starter last night, and obviously Albert Pujols did get him, and the Cardinals won one to nothing. And the level of respect that baseball players right now are showing for Albert Pujols is so heartening. Because from my perspective, it's good to see the baseball players are fans and really understand the impact that a guy like Albert Pujols has had on the sport and on the sport that they have played for the last 22 years. Pretty cool to hear. And Albert, we're sure, will get another opportunity later today or tonight when the Cardinals take on the Cubs a pair of times, 120 and then 705 tonight. Hey, 101 ESPN is your chance to win a pair of free tickets to see the Eagles on November 15th at Enterprise Center performing their Hotel California tour in their entirety, plus a greatest hit set. Tickets on sale now. For the Eagles Hotel California Tour, just text in to 65780 for your chance to win free tickets or find a bonus chance to win free tickets now at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 ESPN mobile app. So there you have it. You can get tickets on sale now or just text in 65780 for your chance to win free tickets or find a bonus chance to win free tickets at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 ESPN mobile app. And I love the trivia question you have for the people to win win these tickets today because I think it's it's honing in on what I actually think is the least talked about playoff game in the three-year Rams run. All right. So here's the question. When the Rams played the Eagles in the 2001 NFC Championship game, which Ram took over the game with 159 yards and two touchdowns to seal the victory as the Rams went to the Super Bowl. Again, when the Rams won the NFC Championship game against the Eagles in the 2001 NFC Championship game, which Rams player took over with 159 yards and scored a couple of touchdowns to get them to the Super Bowl? That is always good to know, and uh, that is what we have. We were talking earlier about the Cardinals' streak here. They've won eight in a row. They've won 18 of 22, and before... This run started at the beginning of the series against Washington at the end of July. I said that I thought the Cardinals, if they went 19 and 7 over their next 26, that would be great. Well, now we're at a point where they've already gone 18 and 4. So if they go 1 and 3 the rest of the way, I'll be disappointed. So I'm greedy now because they should be able to go 20 and 6 over the, the, these 26 games and they should start to pull away and we were talking about how the cardinals should have some sort of internal debate about how to approach september do you do you try to set things up in the last week of the season for a wild card run or do you use every ounce of energy you have if you have any hope at all of catching the Mets or the Braves. And I'm kind of of the opinion now, and this is going to be dependent upon how good Jack Flaherty is, but if you have Flaherty back and you have five starters that you feel like you can count on, Wainwright, Michaelis, Montgomery, Quintana, Flaherty, you'll be set up to win a second-round playoff series even if you have to play in that first round. The first-round buys are going to give those teams a prohibitive advantage, right? Because... They're going to sit out for maybe five days and have their pitching set up and have their players healthy. 
But if the Cardinals have five starters and you can work your way through a five-game series and then start over again in a division series, I really think that the Cardinals would have an opportunity because of the starting, if they have Flaherty, to be a team that beats the one that has the bye that finishes with the best or second-best record in the league. And But it would be right now. The Mets probably won't be the Dodgers and if one of those lose in the first round and the Cardinals win, everything changes, obviously. But I think the Cardinals would have the capability to do it. We'll see if uh, that does indeed come to pass. They have to keep everybody healthy, and it all starts today at 120 with Wainwright going against Assad. By the way, no Wednesdays with Wayno tomorrow. It's going to be Thursdays with Wayno instead this week. Great job by our producer-engineer, the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. And uh, for Michelle Smallman, I'm Randy Carricker. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Till tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Carricker and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. There are all different sizes of businesses. Big business, small business, that awkward growing phase business, the running this thing from my garage business, and the OMG we can't hire fast enough business. Wherever you are in your business journey, HubSpot's powerful but easy-to-use CRM platform grows with you. It lets all of your teams work together seamlessly, whether that's just you and your roommate or colleagues across multiple time zones. Grow better with HubSpot by connecting your people, your customers, and your business. Learn more at HubSpot.com. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.